I go pee real quick? Go pee real quick! Okay. I clogged my toilet before the show, and the I broke the plunger the last time I clogged the toilet, and now I'm just like, fuck. Now what? Um, huh. That's, that's yep. a problem. So I guess I just have to go buy a plunger after the podcast or something. That's, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Don't take such big dupes. I'm just... It's very sad. John. Clogging the toilet is inherently funny already, and then... It is really funny. And now I can't do anything about it because I broke the plunger last time. Yo, Balsack-chan is in chat. Hello, Balsack-chan. Balsack- <laughs> Blowjob-chan. Gotta make people feel welcome. Exactly. Poncho... More like lancho for eating lunch. Change your diet to get softer stools. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Pancho. I'm not even bullying you, Ballas. It's a term of endearment. Who wouldn't want to be called Blowjob Chan, really? John is jealous that I don't call him Blowjob Chan. <laughs> Blowjobs. Blowjob summer. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Ballas grows up. Excellent. Oh, Tom's playing Metroid Prime. That's a good game. I like Metroid Prime. That's pretty good. It's a great game. It's a good game. It's a good game. Yeah. I'm back. Yo! Hey, Rat. You didn't clog your toilet, did you? No. That's good. I know. Right as I took off the headphones, I hear that. I'm like, mm, I'm out of here. <laughs> we can catch you up if you want. No. Okay. John took the most massive dump and it's just like he can't get it all down the uh, hole well you gotta flush before wiping and then flush again yeah it's... yeah i know you didn't do that did you did you hear that i broke the plunger the first, last time and now i don't have a plunger this time he doesn't oh, have a plunger so he's got a toilet full of the doopy oh god damn this is why i like this <laughs> Cast episode 89 brought to you by Moon Pies. Moon Pies. Put a big brown thing in your mouth and enjoy. <laughs> huh? How about that one? Cream to come out. <laughs> I think that one's okay. Yeah? You think yeah, that's one they might warm up to? Yeah. I think if you pull it out of the context, it might be okay. <laughs> the timing was so perfect. There was no way I wasn't going to use it right there. <laughs> very good uh hello again everybody welcome to our sometimes bi-weekly idiot shit show <laughs> uh, i'm your host polly and hey it's a special announcement that you might see if you're watching the video oh. down there at the bottom check that little url hanging out there me and john thyer have a video game coming out this week oh yeah it's coming out thursday it's called afterward it is the follow-up to the previous visual novel that we released called Her Lullaby. So if you want to get caught up, now's the time to do that. Just replace the afterword with Her Lullaby in the URL. You'll be okay. Yep. How do you spell lullaby? Yep. What? I'm kind of an idiot. How do you spell lullaby? L-U-L-L-A-B-Y-A-B-B-B-E-S. Got it. Knock that shit right out of the fucking park. Yeah, afterward's really good, and y'all are going to really like it if you liked Her Lullaby. All of, our, you had... all, of our, all of our beta testers who were not compensated in any way for their services <laughs> seemed to enjoy it and pulled everything that we wanted to from it, so 
Oh, you said that, a, said that a little too quickly. We gotta, next time, let's try to be a little bit more discreet. Oh, okay. All of our beta testers, who definitely were not compensated in any way, had a really good time with it and told us to tell everyone how great it was. Yes. So, mm-hmm. see, that's how you do it. How many cried? Um, hmm. I don't know yet. Yeah, I don't know. I did not get a cry count. Yeah, oh. we're, we're waiting for waiting for the ret response. Yeah, we're there. really just waiting for the ret response in that regard, because uh, we know no, you're right, going to... The yeah. response. Yeah, the response. Yes. We'll expect that promptly. If you have any Valentine's Day pl- plans, cancel them. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we are releasing exactly two years to the day after the first game. I can't believe it's been two years. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, time goes by a little too fast, and then you realize, wait a minute, I'm fucking old now. I'm old? Holy crap, that's awful. <laughs> You're old. To my media virtual right. At least 16 sexual positions are named after him. It's Rhett! Hello. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Good. We'll leave it to their imaginations about which ones are named after you, though. Yep. Yeah. There's, when you, you Like, trust me, if we told you which ones, you'd be really fucking shocked. John knows all of them. Yeah. I mean, you gotta share that stuff. That's like podcast host honor. You gotta share that yeah. kind of stuff with your friends, right? <laughs> How you doing, Rhett? Good. Right for a nice, meaty podcast. We got a lot of cool shit to talk about this episode, I think. At we least, have, at least, a, yeah, we you have a lot of cool shit to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And there's also John here. Yeah, to my immediate virtual left, don't worry, he'll find a way to ruin this episode yet. It's John Thire. Ballas just said the words poop knife in the chat. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm on board. I'm Which on is board. actually, Rhett's poop knife, that's actually one of the sexual positions. <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Hi! Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. <laughs> Man, I we're ready. Gotcha, huh? We're gonna have a podcast, huh? <laughs> what is it? We're gonna do uh, a podcast, and we're gonna talk about. Things. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> oh, it's just checked out. <laughs> my brain just completely shut the fuck down when oh I heard God. when I heard all of those words put together. It was like just a complete reboot sequence in my brain started happening subconsciously. That's okay. Uh, so you're... (laughs) You got the Windows XP theme playing. There we go. My brain runs on Windows XP. I can't do more than one thing at a time. Uh, John, are you ready for a podcast where, like, nobody cares about what you talk about? (laughs) Uh, yeah. Awesome. I told Rhett, I I promised Rhett on February 1st that I wouldn't do any new Fate stories for at least two weeks, and it's already the 10th, and I've done it so far. Oh, yeah. Again, two weeks just seems so much longer in my head than it actually was. I know, was. four more days, and then well, then we'll, I then feel, we'll see. I feel this was a cheat because you said that, and then proceed, proceeded to play Kingdom Hearts for two weeks, and not get back to Danganronpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's kind of the real crime here, is like when you could literally be feasting like the gods, but you choose to shove your head in a trash can. Uh, Rampa, Kingdom Hearts. I think we know which one's the real, the meaty text. 
you know, <sighs> you know how it is. John, you can't even really joke about that and anybody believe it. <laughs> no, like, I like, really, I can't really do deadpan with certain things, huh? Yeah, it just doesn't work. Like, mm-hmm. everybody just hears that and they know that you are full, of, well, you were full of poopy, which is now stuck in your clogged toilet. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> but well, you... Wait, 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 let me, let me try it again. I'm enjoying Kingdom Hearts more than I was enjoying Danganronpa V3. And, uh, we oh, are, that, that, uh, and I should also note that we are looking for a new co-host to replace <laughs> John. This will be John's final it. episode. Did that uh, sound believable? Can you Did believe I that? to make it sound like that was a truthful Can you thing believe that John's saying? leaving the podcast? I mean, it, it's been a good run, but hey, uh, if you're interested, uh, hit me up, Polly at SocksMakePeopleSexy.net. We'll talk shop. We'll get y'all contracted <laughs> in. Literally, we'll take anybody. Anybody. You didn't answer. Did I do it? Do I? I think I'll just, I think I did a good I job. think. That was believable, and that makes me sad. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm angry. <laughs> uh, I mean, at, at least... Well, I know, like... I feel John will eventually finish Danganronpa. Of course. And then, like, six months from now, he'll start Trails 3, the third. Mm-hmm. And then drop it for, like, Kingdom Hearts 358 <laughs> over two days. Hmm... <sighs> <sighs> John, what trauma are you currently enduring? That all, that, that still processing. That like fate and Kingdom Hearts are the things that you have to throw yourself into to feel better. Because we know it's this been was like three polar, months. There was a fucking polar vortex in Chicago. That was a lot. That was yeah. We got a bit of that too, though. That shit Ugh. was not fun. That shit was not fun. So that's that's traumatic. Thank you. This started, like, in December, though. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah, sorry, sorry, December was when I booted up UBW, and it just kept going, huh? It's already been a month since I finished Heaven's Feel. Like, a month today, I think. It's just kept going. It's wild. And then you played Grand Fucking Order. Oh, don't worry, I'll be getting back to that one, too. Yeah. Each arc is, like, a full fucking video game of Yeah, it's, it's pretty wild. Mm. They gotcha. Oh, they got me. And I've got to, and I'll drag you all with me. Feels good. Thank you for the 100 bits, Garden of the Dead. All right, uh, Rhett. Hi. Uh, start us off on a good note, please. I played that hot new game, Resident Evil 2. Oh, hey, I got that for the PlayStation. It's pretty good. Yeah, from 1998, actually. No, I played the new remake. So did I. Whoa. Whoa. Boom. Nah. Head's just exploding right now. That game... Oh, that game has exploding heads. That game's got a lot of real fucking violent stuff in it. It is so fucking violent at the start, I was shocked. It kind of tone, it kind of calms down after that. But those first few zombie reveals are fucking gnarly. Oh, like, the deaths <laughs> are pretty gnarly too, dude. Oh, yeah, like the gore on the zombies when you shoot them makes me wish there was more ammo. Or, you know, <laughs> seeing Leon or Claire getting their throat literally ripped out. <laughs> oh, is that a liquor thing? No, that is a normal zombie thing, where if the, a normal zombie kills you, it literally fucking bites your throat oh, out. Right. It is I think, gross! I think I saw that once, because I didn't actually die that much. Nah, I've only died, like, yeah, once or twice. Yeah, it's actually not that hard, but that's fine. I don't even know if Mr. X has a big death animation. I think he got me once or twice, and he just punches you, and it's like, game over. Yeah, he just kind of, like, knocks you 
across the room. Fucking silly. Yeah. And it's great. It's got a lot of impact there. <sighs> so Resident got- Evil 2, this is, uh, this is the new vaunted remake from Capcom that Mm-hmm. Set us all alight last year when it was announced. It was like, holy shit, they're doing a good. I like kind of didn't believe that this was going to happen. Like, I don't know, something about remaking this game for modern standards seemed too ambitious. Just because, because it seems like there's so much content in that game. Yeah, because it's such it's a bigger game than the original, and you know they're going full 3D instead of doing the pre-rendered background thing this time. Mm-hmm. So, but I basically heard it was announced. And just went full media blackout. Yep. Like, I saw a couple screenshots of the faces of the characters, basically. Like, I saw Leon, Claire, and Ada, and that guy you meet in the police station at the very start. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, this looks like it has good graphics. And then, like, I, honest to God, didn't know for sure. I mean, I assumed that it was going to be third person over the shoulder. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't know until I actually started playing the game. Like, yeah, what the, the, the first remake they did, it was still, like, I believe they kept pre-rendered type backgrounds and, like, the same control scheme in the original yeah. remake, didn't they? Yeah, the remake of one is much closer to the original. Like, it controls mm-hmm. the same. Okay, so the crazy thing about remake one, though, is that it came out five years after the original. Yeah, it's not that long. That's, like, in modern standards... That's tiny. Yeah. That's so quick. They went Resident Evil 1, 2, 3, Code Veronica, and then remade the first one. They were pushing them out so fast. Oh, you can't forget but, about those awesome Gun Survivor games they did. I absolutely will forget about those because I've never <laughs> played them. <laughs> oh, God, they're bad. Oh, they're real bad. Yeah. But, like, the leap in graphics from Resident Evil 1 to 3 to... uh the remake on GameCube was fucking staggering. Yeah. Like, the remake still holds up today, mm-hmm. even though, you know, they apparently when they ported it to modern consoles, like, they had lost the source files for those backgrounds. So they kind of no. did... They kind of upscaled them, and it does, it's not perfect, especially when the character models are much higher res because polygons scale better. Mm-hmm. But apparently, with Resident Evil Zero, they actually did have the original renders... So people say that one looks way better. Yeah. It's just it's just the worst game. But uh, Re- Resident Evil 2, they reinvented that game for modern graphics and control standards and third-person over-the-shoulder shooting, and it's really damn good. And they made a fucking survival horror game. They didn't, and, they didn't make Resident Evil 4, 5, or 6. This is like, yo, you're starved for ammo at all times. Yeah. Like, I haven't played 7, but I've heard this is actually not that dissimilar from it. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's a character in that, like, Keith Baker, whatever his name is, kind of prowls around in a similar way to Mr. X in this. Mm-hmm. So that game sounds scary as fuck as well. You, well, you got yeah. a VR headset, and it's on PSVR. Oh, it, it's on... I have it. I'm just not ready yet. <laughs> just waiting for the box to say, <laughs> play but it. The box will tell me when it's time to play <laughs> The it. box will let you know when you're ready. Yeah, and it knew I wasn't ready until playing this one, which is a much probably less scary game, but also freaked me the fuck out at the very start. Because, like, in this game, you get into the mindset of, like, oh, it's like the old one from 1998, and then a zombie follows you through a door, and you're like, hey, buddy, you can't do that. That's not how this works! <laughs> yeah, like, I closed that door, and then you started pounding on it, and you opened it! Hey, yeah, wait you, a minute! The first time you, th- you see it happen, you're like, aha, that's cute, you're pounding on the door, yada yada yada. You go about your way, you hear the door burst open, you're like, mother 
fuck you. Yeah, so the fact that they the zombies will chase you through a few rooms. They don't they're pretty tethered still, but yeah. they they will definitely go into those offices and like fuck with you. Mm. And That's boy, excellent. the other thing is they are not very uh weak to headshots anymore. No, it takes at least two to three headshots to just put one on the ground. Yeah. And they might not be dead still. Yeah, and then if your difficulty scaling kicks up, like, they just might not ever die until you get that good explosion. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, like it's RNG whether you'll pop their heads, too. Yeah. So you can get a critical hit sometimes and just take one out like yeah. that. But there's, like... And what I like about that, like, I like that this game's got, like, the way the gore system works on the zombies is you can really fucking go to town dismembering them, but and it's I, not really as effective as just taking the headshots since those count as overall doing more damage. Mm-hmm. So I heard as Claire that the acid rounds on her grenade launcher will take their legs off, mm-hmm. like, super effectively, and then they can't do as much to you or chase you, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because... It's it's kind of a weird catch twenty two with this game where it's like oh it has like this dismemberment system and the gore is crazy and like when you shoot zombies in any place like you'll see that bullet hit it them fucking deforms like crazy it's yeah. real nasty I had a fucking guy take two shotgun blasts to the face as Leon and not even go down yeah like there's just like it's a sliver of his face just kind of hanging and off he the one just side looked, yeah like. I took a screenshot. It's nasty as hell. He was just, like, red. Like, just this red, like, yeah. skeleton, basically. It's, it's just... It's gross. It, and and so even it's, though it's, like, really fun... Like, even, it's not really kind of, like, indulgent in it like the Tomb Raider games can be. Oh, yeah, it's not as bad as that. Even though it's probably more violent. Yeah, even though this is kind of more visceral and just immediately kind of revolting in some ways. Yeah. You blow a dude's fucking arm off, you see it fucking get blown off, and it's real nasty. That's the thing, though, is, like, I never actually straight up blew an arm off or a leg off, because mm. I'm always going for headshots, and you're, that's the thing. It's like, it has this amazing dismemberment system, but you don't really want to be shooting much. No. Because your ammo is so limited. Yeah. So that's why I, I kind of want to just, like, either use a cheater you know, download a save that has, like, unlimited ammo or something, just kind of go to town to have some fun with that before stopping. Yeah, I had a real fun run through the sewers last night where (laughs) I literally got to where I needed to be. I had nothing left for anything. I was was 100% dry. Literally, the last (laughs) shot killed the last enemy that I had to Uh. deal with. So I get in there, and then it's just like, oh, okay, well, you gave me a flamethrower. That's... That's okay, but this really has to last me a while. That's funny. Now that I think about it, I think that room on Leon B did the exact same thing to me, mm. where I had no <laughs> ammo. And like, there's, I was like, well, I got to do this dumb puzzle again, and there's two guys in here, and I really don't want to do the puzzle with them biting me. Oh, shit. And Leon B, there's enemies in the fucking uh, the puzzle room with you? Oh, there aren't in the... No, I got got there and there were no enemies in there with me, so I could just run around and do the plug puzzle just fine. Oh, that's funny. There'll probably be two zombies in there on Claire B. Oh, that's fucked! So it was the thing where I'm like, I've got three bullets left. I hope the second guy goes down with the third. Okay, he did. Good. Actually, no, I think I went and grabbed the flamethrower and had to use it to take him down. Mm. 
like immediately. Yeah, just grab yeah. that flamethrower yeah. and just fucking go go to town with it. It feels good. Everything, right. man. Again. Can, we, can we talk about how great this game looks? By the way, the oh, yeah. mocap a- is incredible. You ever seen um, a person? You ever seen somebody eating a hamburger mocapped before? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me that's not the best burger-eating mocap you've ever seen at the start of that game. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking about that specifically, but I'll go rewatch it later. It's a very good-looking game, though, yeah? Yeah. And just the way it's, you know, these pre-rendered backgrounds kind of re-visualized. And, like, nothing, look, it doesn't look exactly the same, but it's kind of as you remember it. Yeah. They, they changed the layout a bit. Yeah, in, gun- in smarter ways, I think. I think that like the what they've set up now, per, like it, it it's uh, less backtracky than the original. Though oh, there's really? there's still quite a bit of backtracking in this game, uh, especially in the police station. But the path that you can take is definitely like it's it's definitely shorter mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's definitely two kind of main parts of the police station where you do the three medallions and then you kind of go to the parking garage for a bit and then you go back and then. Things get fun on that second trip. Oh boy, our good pal! Like everybody's talked about him, he's he's the hero of the day of this game, and everybody hates him. Or <laughs> my and Rhett's good pal, Mister X, or Tyrant, as he is referred to. I didn't. Yeah, I was like, why are people saying that? And then I looked at when you unlock like the character model, it said it just calls him Tyrant instead of Mister X. Yeah. Because I'm like, Tyrant is the boss of the first game. Yeah, they, they use that name for him. Mm. Boy, he's fucking scary. Yeah, it's like okay, there's like it's sort of the same kind of setup as they have with Nemesis in RE3, but like this guy, like since it's like a constant world and like mm-hmm. you're like each room isn't a separate entity, you yeah. hear this motherfucker chunking around all the time. <laughs> and they they did a real good job with the sound design on the way he just kind of stomps through areas. Because you can hear it, like, yeah. three and four rooms away, and it's goddamn terrifying. <laughs> well, like, it feels like you can tell if he's on the floor above you as well. Yes. Like, his audio is 3D in a way I've never, like, seen Yeah, before. it's very well positioned. Uh, and, and, like, whoever did the sound design for that, because I don't use 3D headphones or anything mm-hmm. like that. But, um, yeah, like, it definitely felt very positional with the way yeah. things are panned and the way the volume envelopes are working. Or maybe it's just, like, a slightly different echo if he's above you you know yeah like, like there's things they can do to kind of make it sound like it's coming from a certain direction but yeah it's just these fucking big thud heavy footsteps coming for you mm-hmm. a lot and it sucks yeah you, you hit a certain part of progress in the police station and this guy is just kind of he's your best pal like you can el- you can elude him fairly easily i mean he's kind of just big and dumb and he's just gonna run and fucking punch you and it's gonna hurt a lot um, but yeah, the idea is to kind of just like stay a few rooms away and eventually he'll kind of lose you for a couple minutes. So you'll get a couple of minutes of, uh, yeah. you know, like, like the game seems to know when to kind of back off a little bit and there are certain rooms that he won't chase you into. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I understand why they did that, mm-hmm. but I wish there was some in universe reason for why he can't go in those rooms. Yeah. Like, imagine if he was chasing you, and you go into the dark room, and Claire just turns around, or Leon, whoever, turns around, slams the door, and, like, deadbolts it. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, just, like, something that could make it a little more feasible about why he wouldn't go in. Because he will chase you into the fucking lobby, and there's, like, a, and there's a save there. hilarious. The first time that, ha- yeah. 
You think, oh, there's a typewriter, I'm free. No, that motherfucker just came into the lobby. I'm fucked. <laughs> what happens if you save right next to him there? Uh, he disappears, uh, and when you, oh. uh, when you reload, the only zombie that's there is the one that yeah. eventually, through story reasons, ends up there, if, you, if that one's still alive. Mm -hmm. so. I was just like wondering if you could save with him like swinging a punch and then load and be like oh <laughs> that would be great that would be great because yeah in the original game he wasn't allowed in the lobby no and i don't jump scare often at all like for games <laughs> like this uh but uh mr x is the the one reason for me ever getting jump scared in this game is that i was running through an office area and right as I was running by, like, this wall of just, like, debris and junk, he punches through that fucking wall and literally <laughs> scared the living shit out of me because he can punch through certain walls to come after you. It's, yeah, that got me good. It's incredible. Yeah, I remember that being really tasty in the original where I did go into a room and because this was the PS1, yeah. you think, oh, now I'm completely safe. Yeah, and then he punches through the wall. I was like, "Oh no! <laughs> oh goodness!" It's fun capturing yeah. some of that. I mentioned that to Polly. How like in the original game, like they are selected, they're connected by load screens. Like there's no way he could. Oh my god, he punched through the wall. Oh god, mm -hmm. he's here. <laughs> so yeah, like the fact that it's just one large 3D space that he exists in and is stomping around, and you can hear where he is via the stomps. Mm -hmm. Like, maybe I was misseeing, but I swear I downed him in the lobby and then ran up to the third floor, and I thought I could still see him on the floor there. Yeah, you can, like, he's, he remains persistent. Yeah, but I thought, people say he only really stays down for, like, 30 seconds. So I'm like, maybe I didn't actually see, I could have sworn I saw him stand up and then start going to one of the offices, and I'm like, oh, here he's coming for me, I've fuck. Defini I've definitely stunned him and, see and seen him get up and start prowling around again. Yeah, but how long was he down for? I it's, could have been like twenty seconds or so. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, "Oh, it's been like two minutes." Hmm. So maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, or maybe like flame rounds or whatever did a lot of damage to him, and he stays down longer. Yeah, there's a lot of variance in yeah, like like nothing does the same amount of damage all the time. Like this game's kind of constantly scaling around how you're playing. So yeah. Like, if you do really good... Oh, I think I had some really hard final bosses on Leon B, because I did the lab area, like, flawlessly. Oh! <laughs> so that was fun. Well, that's the thing. Like, I went through the lab last night, and it was, like, it was a breeze. Like, I didn't find that area hard at all. So well, I'm kind of worried, like, oh, God, the final bosses are going to just completely fuck me over. <laughs> should be fun. I mean, yeah, the lab in general, I don't think is very hard, which is kind of weird for the last area. Yeah. But also, Leon has a flamethrower. Yeah. So, you know why that's good there. Light him up, baby! It's so good. <laughs> it feels so good. And even though this game doesn't have, like, the arsenal that RE4, 5, and 6 might, I still think that they did a really good job of making these weapons feel really fucking good to use. I saw people bitching about the shotgun just because it's not, like, instant, no-frills headshots oh, come anymore. On. But, like, for me, it's, like... I wait till, like, the last possible frame. Yeah. Like, I'll let the zombie lunge, and then boom! Yeah, like, nine times out of ten, nine times out yeah. of ten, I pop ahead with the shotgun, because I yeah. fire way late on that fucker. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're waiting for him to get your his arms around you, and then boom! Yep. <laughs> so good. So, what did you think of the Ada section? I really liked it. 
Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, they added two little new sections, one where you play as Ada and one where you play as Sherry to kind of flesh out those side characters. Mm-hmm. It's like the kind of the main thing they added. Ada's is really cool. She doesn't have a lot of ammo, but she's got a cool hacking tool, and it's mostly kind of just like luring dudes around the room so that she can do her hacking thing, and then you have yeah. a bit... Like, like the last bit with the incinerator is really fucking cool. Yeah. I almost screwed that up. I finished with like six seconds or something i'm like yeah i had watching that no last time watching that last progress bar like come on make this? come on <laughs> like i had i had three shots of ammo left and like probably two or three seconds left Jesus. on the clock when i finished yeah i'm not sure i i think i went for a couple shots to just run by enemies in that one but yeah i don't think i killed anything because mm. you got to be running in that one yep it's yeah, yeah. It, it was fun. It was a cool because I didn't expect it. I didn't know that that was a thing. I didn't know yeah. you played as Ada at any point. Cool. So I was really pretty stoked about that. Yeah, I won't say what it is, but I actually really like Sherry's section as well cool. because because it's a survival horror game and they can get away with stuff like that now. Yeah, that's got me kind of really interested in it, like just kind of like thinking about what they would do with her now. Just thinking about it. Total disempowerment. That's so awesome. <laughs> Might be the scariest part in the game for me. That's so good. Well, I mean, Mr. Uh, Mr. X is pretty fucking scary as, like, a general thing as well, though. Yeah. yeah. Mr. X is more kind of like an out-and-out, big, terrifying thing scary, whereas I guess if you're a kid in a situation like this, yeah. there are other things that might be scary that could be yeah. way more scary than something like a big dude tromping around. Yeah. I think what's scary about Mr. X is less the actual encounters with him, because like you said, he takes these big, slow punches at you. Yeah, like, he... you can easily bait him into a punch and run by yeah. him. He's not hard. And a lot of the times, though, he is in very cramped hallways, and you kind of can't wiggle by him. Yeah, that like... becomes a problem. <laughs> but what's scary about him is just this persistent threat that you are powerless against. Yeah, and yeah. Just, it's, it's... it's more the impending encounter... Just hearing the footsteps and knowing Plunk. he's coming for you—that's more scary than the actual encounter. At yeah, the end. it's you're you're like in every room you go in, you're just thinking, "Please don't be this room. Please don't yeah. be this room. Please don't be this room. Let me let me do this stupid puzzle first, and I'll, I'll I swear." And then he just fucking kicks in the door. Yeah, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then it's just kind of like, oh, gotta run away, and yeah, just something about running away from an enemy that's behind you and you can't see them. Yeah fucking sucks i hate that it's so scary and again it's just those fucking steps the, yeah th- that's boom, boom, that boom. that constant funking behind you his he doesn't speed up to a run to catch you it's just slightly faster but just because he has such heavy steps it's scary as fuck oh my god i just remembered i had the dumbest dream ever last night what <laughs> I had a dream about Mr. X. Oh, no! I just fucking remembered this. <laughs> okay, you can't say that and not oh, share it. He had... Oh, what do you call him? Like, a sombrero on. <laughs> instead of his hat. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's fucking weird. And he was just standing there. And then he sprinted at me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, full-on, like, Olympic runner sprint. I'm like, oh, this is fucked. <laughs> but he had a sombrero on, so I was still kind of laughing. <laughs> It's like, dude, you're scary, but I'm gonna laugh. Yeah, that just popped into my head, sorry. You can play some mariachi music behind that <laughs> while it's happening. I'm gonna make that a mod now, because people are modding the game. And the DMX mod's pretty good. I love that they actually fade it, 
properly with how many rooms he is away. So you can kind of hear the music happening, and then he busts in, and it's just DMX <laughs> rapping at you. <laughs> Man, that game's good. So how much of the original game do you remember? God, like I like Resident Evil Two is a game that I love a whole lot, but I have not revisited yeah. much over the years. Like yeah, I know I beat it three or four times with like friends and stuff, but like I never really kind of sat down like in the more modern age, I guess, and played them yeah. because I wasn't sure. Like, am I really gonna like these tank controls now? Because that's kind of why I was hesitant to play the Resident Evil One remake. Um, yeah, because I wasn't sure if I could really deal with those kind of controls, given my finickiness and how. <laughs> Look, I'm picky, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and we know. Like, um, but yeah, like I remember, like when I go through an area in this game, I like I was like, I remember this. I know what this is. I know what this is a remake of, you know. But I don't like remember all of the nuance. Okay, because. <laughs> One of the big complaints I've seen about this game is that there's way less enemy types than the oh, original. Oh, yeah, there definitely is. Yeah. Like, they removed giant butterflies, mm -hmm. and I guess they removed crows from the... I'm totally okay it's... with that, because flying enemies suck. Yeah, but it's like, I can understand crows probably would have been, like, impossible to hit with the way the aiming is. Yeah, the aiming, you've kind of got to be... Like, you've got you've to gotta root yourself if you want yeah. a chance at an, an accurate shot. And then, like, when your yeah. crosshair kind of, like squeezes all the way in that's when you know your shots going yeah. where you're aiming but it takes a while for that to happen but it's also kind of disappointing that like each area kind of adds one enemy type basically yeah i'm like, fine with it because resident evil 1 had very few enemy types but the remake added a whole bunch of new stuff to that game whereas the remake of this one kind of only subtracts I okay that's that is a fair assessment i think yeah but i think given the tools that they're working with They've still made a fantastic yeah, it's game. It's a great game. It's just, it is kind of curious, some yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Because I think the lab, especially, is maybe a little, feels a little underdeveloped. It's real sparse in terms of enemies. Like, there's only, like, one type of new enemy there. That's what I'm saying. There's the one enemy in the lab, and then there's the one new enemy that you were a big fan of in the sewers. Oh, boy. Yeah, I love those guys. And then, like, I completely forgot the about this giant butterfly. And like so the did, poisonous so did the developers. spiders. Weren't there poisonous oh, spiders? Oh yeah, the spiders spiders are gone too. Yeah, they're gone. So, ah. Yeah, that stuff's kind of a bummer, but like I think this game is trying to be a little more grounded than Yeah. Resi that's and and definitely more than Resident Evil has been since 6. Like yeah, like this so, one like, like it's definitely like not playing up that camp factor very much either. Like this is a very like they're kind of playing yeah. it pretty straight in this game. Like Leon and Claire kind of have different personalities than they did in the original. Like they're not like like I don't know. There's like sort of like a one-note performance both of those characters have in that original game whereas they kind of feel like they're a lot more quippy in this game. Like they, there's a lot more cursing in this game than like the original didn't have any, which was kind of surprising. The hilarious thing is that Claire curses way more than Leon when shooting enemies. <laughs> that's, that's so good. She's just like motherfucker, <laughs> son of a bitch. Like I've I've had precious few interactions with Claire, but I know I already love her to bits, and I can't wait to play her I know, story. That's another thing people are kind of weirded out about is that. They meet like twice, they, two or three times. I mean, there's the intro the and intro, then the fence, um, the basically. Fence. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's little things, but yeah, I I kind of wish they had really kind of expanded the laboratory to be as big as the police I don't know, maybe, station. Maybe maybe that would have fucked up the pacing a ton. It might have, because like like when I hit the sewer, like I just breezed through the sewers and the lab. Like yeah. I, I was in the police station for a while. Like the once you get out of the police station, that's like yeah. fifty or sixty percent of the game. Yeah, it. Re- I mean, people can beat this game in like an hour. It's not surprising. Yeah. But I think that, like, I like that. I, I really, I kind of like this pace, though. Yeah, it's, the police like, station really is the game, though. Yeah, yeah. And then there's some... I mean, the sewers I didn't take super quickly as my first time because that's fucking confusing layout. It's a and, little like, confusing at first. I missed that one jump you have to take to get down towards oh, where those two plugs are. Yeah. So I just kind of kept running in circles for a while, looking at the map going, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of prompts that probably could be a little... I think that, like, the pickup prompts could be a little more clear, too. Because, like, I would go into a room, like, feel like I dug through everything, leave, and then check my map, and I'll be like, oh, no, you missed, like, two herbs over here. Like, fuck it, what? (laughs) Yeah, I think Leon's... They Both characters go into the sewers from different areas, and I think Leon says a more smooth transition in the kind of... Like, you kind of understand the layout of the place a little bit more from his... Yeah entrance as claire though like i like dashed through like five rooms to get to the safe room and it was like i have no idea where i am now and i have i still only had the handgun at that part because i had missed everything in the police Ooh, station no so That's i was just bad yeah wait does she like, have a boss fight before the sewers because uh, did you do a boss fight without a shotgun because that would have sucked I mean, Leon doesn't really have a boss fight either. You have a hold down. <laughs> Did you find your way back to the police station? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, a, good, I, good uh, find. it's I, a good find. I cheated. I was like, is it possible? Because I was going to reload another save because I'm like, I know I missed guns in there. Well, I found the sewer key and I was just like, okay, where am I going to put this? So I just yeah. started digging around rooms and then I eventually found access back to the police station to get the other stuff that I missed. But, but I mean, like, I was in the safe room with a handgun and, like, no ammo and no other guns. Oh, God. And a, and a whole lot of SMG ammo. Weird. And a, and a whole lot of grenade rounds. And I'm just like... Am I fucked? Should, should I go back to another safe? <laughs> and it was like, no. And someone is just like, no, you can't find a way back. And I'm like, okay, I'll try to do that. Yeah. But yeah, the sewers were not kind of my first playthrough. I'm interested in seeing how my Claire playthrough goes. I think because I played Leon B mm-hmm. and he seemed real tight on ammo. And the way you ran out of ammo in the sewers too makes me think maybe he just has. Fewer or maybe just because. Because I played half the game as Claire with just a handgun. Yeah. That by the end of it, I had like 40 acid rounds, and I'm like, okay, fucking bring it. <laughs> <laughs> nothing can stop me now, and nothing did, because I had so much ammo for the end game. I'm just like, hmm, I bet acid rounds will be effective on the final boss, and they are. I would not be surprised. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you have the strongest gun in the game. <laughs> of course you're fine. <laughs> I the one thing I didn't like was that Leon's guns are like a handgun, a handgun, and a magnum. Yeah, like his are a little boring. A little bit. But I've seen people being like, "Oh, Claire's gun and Uzi suck, and mm. she's only good for the SMG or not the, the grenade launcher." The grenade launcher. Yeah, like most people don't like submachine guns in Resident Evil games. I find. 
Yeah. I found him pretty effective on the sewer guys. Mm, yeah, that would be, yeah. You just want to pop those certain spots. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, that one with like four of them or three or four of them, that room sucks. Oh, it's so bad. So I was just like, oh, I've got like 200 SMG rounds. Nothing can stop me. I'm out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Literally everything just stopped me. Yeah. I, I know I killed everything in that room. It was just like, click. Oh, cool. Yeah. That room really seems just designed to fucking take all your Yeah, own. because they load you up back after that. Like, you, you eventually yeah. just start stockpiling again as you yeah. transition to the lab, so. Man, that's really good. <laughs> it's really well balanced like that. And the way that, you know, if you take a lot of damage, like, it'll start to pull its punches a bit. Yeah. So, so it's still good, even though it takes out the pre-rendered backgrounds and the tank <laughs> controls. Yes. Really? Yes. Really? John, that doesn't ruin it. See, I'm it not even dignifying John's bullshit anymore <laughs> with a response. Like, I'm not even going to react anymore. It's just like, whatever, John. <laughs> That's fair. I'm doing it for attention, so that just makes sense. <laughs> John's just so out of this conversation, just waiting to pounce and talk about bad stuff. Our fucking core games over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have my the um I played two last year, um or like a year and a half ago for the mm. first time and I really loved it a lot. It's oh, a good cool. game. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. So this seems like it would be very fun. Yeah. Like I think that if you like the original, there's really like even with the stuff that they took out for whatever reason, mm-hmm. you're still going to very much like the experience this game gives you. Cool. Yeah, because the, the the cool thing with the two in comparison to one was that it goes so much harder with like the kind of over the topness, I guess. Like it goes, it goes so hard in the climax, especially. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, this game still does that. Don't worry. Very good. Like I it, mean, my to, first reaction after I beat it was Claire was just like, mm, "Yes, Aliens was very good <laughs> because I just, because I just played through it again." Yep, that sounds about right. The um, what's his name? The director of two. Who is the director of everything that everyone likes? Bayonetta. I Kami. know. Oh, Kamiya. Yeah, sure, yeah, sure. yeah Kamiya. Kamiya. Kamiya directed. Two. They had Mikami did directed one, and then Kamiya directed two, and then went and did Jeez. Devil May Cry. Yeah. Wow, so, that's that's so, a one-two punch there, huh? Tinger Gemini yep. wants to know how good the knife is. The knife is mostly used for a defensive weapon. Like if you get like grabbed by a zombie or any kind of monster, you have like an a left button prompt, and you can just jab the knife into them. And if you want to get the knife back, you have to kill the enemy. Yeah. So, uh, but there are a number of combat knives scattered throughout the game. Um, I really like how they changed it, even though it drove me nuts at first. So, like, the knives will have a durability. Yeah. So if you use them as a counter and get it back, like, it'll have, like, at least a third of it taken off. Mm-hmm. So, like, after... So, yeah, I was like, oh, I know how to conserve ammo. I'll just knife everything to death. And then the knife broke after it's, like, two zombies, and I'm like... (laughs) 20 minutes later, 20 minutes later, in another rat tweet, the knife has durability? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's just such a change from how that worked in the old games, where you just shoot an enemy in the leg, knock him down, and just fucking stand there with the knife. Yeah, like, that, you, you, you... It's still feasible, but, like, it's mostly just used now for the defensive move and to, like... If you shoot at a zombie and want to make sure it's dead, run up to it, give it a slice, and if it's yeah. still alive, it'll wake up immediately. But, like, literally after that first knife, I only ever used it as a defensive... Yeah. Like, the quick counter stuff. And you get, I, I think, four uses out of each one, so... It's yeah. pretty... It's it, it's pretty lenient. Well, that's if you get them back. Yeah. 
That's a good point. <laughs> Sometimes, like in the police station, a liquor takes one, and I'm like, okay, bye, knife. You can have you, it. <laughs> you... Oh, fucking liquors are still also very awful. They're very awful, and yeah. Oh my god. Do so? Do they work the same in the original, where you can just walk by them? I don't remember. I don't think so. I just remember having to shoot them. I know in this game that they operate on, they can hear you, but they can't see you. And I don't remember yeah. if that's the case in uh, the original. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If it's a change, it's a very smart one because it makes them very tense when you're just trying to slowly creep by them. Yeah, like when I saw my first one, I was literally just trying to tiptoe into the room he was guarding. Yeah. So it's like, I'm like, wow, I haven't like had to t- slowly tilt the analog stick like this in a game since Mario 64. <laughs> or like, if you like, if you tilt it just slow enough, like you won't even make a sound when you do a footstep. Yeah. It's like so the I'm Last like, of Us did that. Like they did a little Oh, last right. Yeah. That's cool. Cool. So like the grenade, there's grenades and flashbangs that also, if you get grabbed by an enemy, you can just use the left bumper to kind of do a cutscene animation of shoving it in their mouth or whatever, mm-hmm. which is also very good. You can shoot it and make it go off faster. That was I thought you had to because that's what I did on the first one, and I got an achievement for that. Yep. But like, unlike the knife where I literally forgot you had to could slash enemies with it, I would still use the grenades, because yeah. they can they can be very good at points. I think you basically have to use one right at the start of the B scenario, because, like, they give you, like, two bullets and a grenade and four zombies in front of you. Oh, Jesus. So I'm like, oh, I think I'll use the grenade, and then an achievement pops, like, kill three zombies with one grenade. I'm like, yeah. You kind of set me up for that one. Probably huh? what I needed to do there. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good game. I look forward to your reactions to the ending. Awesome endings yeah there's, there's plenty one quick thought um i remember in the original there was sort of a weird thing where there's one recurring boss you fight over and over yeah he's and, in... then, the, and then there's also mr x yeah yeah they, he's still here okay okay so i just remember thinking that was kind of funny where they sort of filled the same role especially in the second route where you're alternating between them and mr x yeah like explodes out at the end too so i was like Oh, okay. I just thought that was always kind of funny. It's a, it's definitely weird. I, because I think Claire's story overall is more is better because mm-hmm. hers focuses more on Birkin. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Leon's definitely focuses more on Mister X. Like there's stuff that happens in Leon's that doesn't happen in Claire's. Mm-hmm. Which got me real good. Birkin, that's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, he. That's, that's uh, all I have. All they've changed his forms up a little bit. He is fucking monstrous by the end. And like again, seeing all this stuff, like, oh, th- ugh, the next boss fight Polly has is real good. I cannot wait. It's real good. <laughs> yes. Because like, one of the things that w- was a little weird for me was on the B scenario having to refight the bosses because mm. they're basically the same. But I like was like, you know, I really like these bosses actually, they're which not is bad. not something. I've said about a Resident Evil game. Yeah, you don't really say that much because they can often end up just being bullet sponges and or just really hard. Yeah, and like the bosses in this game, like they're over and done with pretty fast. They're pretty Mm -hmm. quick, and like especially that second one. The second one's so good. If you know exactly what you're doing, it's real short, and like you don't even have to use that much ammo. Just press a button twice, and you're good. (laughs) Yeah, 
but it's real satisfying. Yep. But the ne- the next one's real good. Cannot wait. I'm very eager. And just w- graphic fidel- fidelity out the ass, basically. Mm. Very very pretty game. We really like Resident Evil too. I'm glad you've turned around on it. Jeez. Well, oh my I, god, that was so funny. I do. I like. I went into it after finishing something else, and I just wasn't in the right mood. That's really all it was. And then I came back a couple of nights later and played it, and was just like, "Oh no, okay, this is really great, actually." I get it now. Oh, you've. Th- this is my thing. Yeah, you have two other things. So, Polly, what you been up to? I think we've talked enough about Resident Evil. Uh, I played a, uh, another one of them. Their old video games. Oh, <laughs> I played Odin old- Sphere. Ah, Odin Sphere Life Razir, which is oh, oh the re- HD remake, the, which is a remake of the original Odin Sphere for the PlayStation Two, which I have also played and I dropped <laughs> many years ago. <laughs> I've heard a lot of people say that game's not very good. It's not. That game's got a style, and it doesn't have a frame rate or compelling gameplay at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Um, but yeah, uh, Odin Sphere, it's this cute little RPG that was originally released on the PlayStation 2. Uh, it's got five main protagonist stories that all kind of interconnect as you play through. It's a really cool thing. I really like the presentation. Sort of like, like all of the line reads sound like they're being done by like high school kids or something. Like it sounds like a high school play being put on with the way everything's being read and kind of just overacted in a way. Um, huh. and in a way, That's like, like it's, funny. it's trying to be a storybook, but I got more high school play vibe out of it. <laughs> um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it's a decent enough story. It's basically the story of Odin can't keep his penis in his pants and <laughs> that's caused a lot of problems and okay. there's like, some underworld stuff and all of that. It's, 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 it's it is an he keeps o- sticking his dick in spheres. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's 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 just like hey, it's a Norse mythology story that is kind of just been animated up a little bit. It's got a fantastic style. Like this game is vanillaware in and out. Like it's gorgeous, top mm-hmm. to bottom. Um, but the thing with Life Razier is that like they could have just like remastered this and like sold it for twenty bucks and just been like, look, it's the same game. We just took out all of the awful slowdown that made Polly quit the first time. Um, and you can get a dose of that, uh, because they include that version in Life Razier, um, but they kind of just, like, use the new assets, um, for, or or just kind of, like, up-res the older assets. So you can still play the old game if you like that, which it's, it's really weird, because it's kind of like a, every action you take is, like, drains a status bar. It's a, it's, it's a, it's like proto-Dark Souls, really. Oh, boy, stamina. Yeah, there's like a stamina bar, and literally every action you take, like it's just it's so start and stoppy, and like you mm-hmm. have to like you have to engage with like some of the weirder elements of the game, like you have to like stop and grow food in the middle of battle and stuff, and it's just really uh-huh. it's really all <laughs> over the place. It's kind of a mess of a game, honestly. Weird. I think people like it. Because it was rare back in the day. I think it's one, another one of those kind of cases where everybody's like, oh man, we love Radiant Silver Gun. Why? Because it's rare. Hey, hey, wait, 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 wait. Hey, wait. we like Sonic CD. Why do you like it? Because it's rare. 
Uh, that's sort of like my take. Why on do your... you like Banjo Kazooie? Cause it's <laughs> rare. <laughs> Boom! And Rhett knocks one fire. out of the park. Give that man Sorry. a hand. That was fantastic. <laughs> I, I thought you were leading up to that. Got him. <laughs> Got him. No, I wasn't leading up to that. You took funny. You, you took that fastball and just knocked it out of the park. Good job. I'm proud of you today. Woo! Good job. So Are we gonna fucking is... sit here and clap and applaud for every joke I make. We should. We should. It might take a little while. Uh, so I don't think it'll take that much time. Don't worry. So with Life Resier, they kind of took their game and like deconstructed it and rebuilt it completely from the ground up. And the amount of like like this isn't the same game at all. Like, because the original is literally just hammer square button to win. Like, these are the only attacks you have. It's very boring. It looks pretty, but it's very boring. And they somehow took that and turned it into sort of a side view Devil May Cry action game. Nice. So it's no longer like a slow-ass, boring RPG um, that wasn't really fully thought out, but it's more of a fully realized like hack and slash character action game that's got fucking that, that's really satisfying to play like I've posted some video here and there on Twitter of just like how ridiculous you can get oh. with the combos and stuff and it's real dumb it's a little bit Destiny's and Tally yeah it's it definitely feels like there was some uh uh, inspiration take from taken from Dust and Elysian Tale just with how mm-hmm. floaty your characters can be and how easy it mm-hmm. is to kind of set all that shit up mm-hmm. um so like you go, so you go from like a system where the in the original it was just like oh you level up and you might get a special move every now and again to like we just kind of made entire character skill trees now and there's like twenty plus abilities that you can invest in and it's almost staggering how much shit they added for every character to turn it into this entirely different game. Okay, so it's a modern game. It has skill trees. Yeah, it's got skill trees. Got to have those. But does it have crafting? Uh, yes, it has crafting, and but most importantly, it has recipes. Yes. Did it, it have that stuff originally? That yes. sounds like something that yeah. it did. It did have okay. that originally. Okay. So one like, more thing: if it's a Japanese game, does it have fishing? No. What? Ah! No fishing. Ah! John is like, fuck this, into the trash. <laughs> No, if there's cooking, that's still okay. So that's, like, your main source of leveling up, actually, is cooking food and eating it or assembling the ingredients and running into a chef in the middle of a dungeon and him making you these really awesome-looking pixel foods. A chef in the middle of a dungeon. Yeah, he's just there. You just ring a bell, and he's like, Yo! Hey, how's it going? I know we're in, I know we're in the netherworld right now, and none of us should be here because the Queen of Death probably wants us all dead, but I'll make you some fucking cinnamon rolls. <laughs> <clears throat> and the food looks really good. Like it's a really it's really nicely done pixel food. So it's so it's a Japanese game. Yes. Cuz I was thinking, "Oh, you level up by eating food? Final Fantasy 15 did that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that game had very good looking food. Yeah, it really did. They like I, I think that like they made the dev team actually make that food themselves <laughs> and take the pictures. It's not even just pictures in the game though. Like when it slides out onto the 
area like you see it move a bit like it has a little weight and shuffle to it that's like a little jiggle physics that's so good i think uh i've played another vanillaware game dragon's crown i think that had very good looking food as well yeah yeah like that like, like that style like only with like less titty mages in it <laughs> think that, that that's what odin's fear is that's pretty defining of for dragon's crown yeah yeah, so, I wasn't going to mention, but yeah, I was just talking about the food specifically. <laughs> hey, man, so t- titties so can be food, don't worry. <laughs> so it's Odin Sphere, Muramasa, Dragon's Crown? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Those are kind I of like looking D3. At the, okay, um, I'm looking at a page and there's a Grim Grimoire. I don't know if that matters. I have not played that. Alright. I totally forgot I played Muramasa 2 on the Wii. I Grade really, A titty meat. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, like this game is just such a huge like. I have to, I, I like I think that this is just an admirable for how much they tore this game apart and what they and how they put all of this time into turning it into something entirely different. Even though it's literally like the same game, the same story. Like there's nothing different in that aspect at all. And they kind of just made an entirely different game, and it feels like it was made to like just from addressing all of the complaints people had with the original and they just kind of turned it into something that's way more fun to play except Mercedes she's terrible <laughs> is she the last character or like no she's like character? dead in the fucking middle okay so you finish two good sword slinging characters and they feel real good and fun to play and then you play Mercedes and she's like this weird shooty character and I, it, it's hard to explain the way the controls work because they're just so awkward for her, and it's just... Uh, I don't like her at all. But at least it gets better after her. Yeah, you, then you go to, like, another great sword-slinging character, and then, um, <laughs> and then like, the last character is kind of like a weird mage slash... Um, not really swords, because she's just kind of like slinging chains around and beating people up with them. It's pretty rad. She's got yeah, a lot that of, sounds pretty good. She's got a lot of really cool moves, I'll just say. Like, it's just like the, the extra work they've done uh, to this game, though. It, it's super incredible. Um, a lot of things I kind of don't like about it, though. Mm. Uh, I run into... I, like, I really ran up against the, the, the problem with this game being is that it's five stories, but you're basically just playing the game five times. Oh, no. And it gets real monotonous after, like, the second playthrough. And by the third, yeah. fourth, and fifth, I was kind of just going through the motions and trying to get them done as quickly as possible. Uh-huh. And that, that, that just kind of soured me a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Another big issue <clears throat> is that the game has a fantastic climax. That is it, it, it is set during the apocalypse, the world's oh. fucking ending, and it's great. Okay. Um, but... and, and and as you could probably predict, we got five characters, and there are five main bosses that need to be taken out. Uh-huh. And um, what's really cool is that, like, you know, that that's fine. So you go in, you fight the boss, you get your ass kicked. Oh, that's bad. So the problem here is that they did not include a way for you to go back to town to re-gear. So, in order to re-gear a character for the final boss fight, you have to go back to the attic where, like, there's, like, a a character that's reading the stories. So you have to go back there, go pick up the book that that character's story is told in, load their file up from a (laughs) previous chapter, 
then re then re uh, reequip their gear, then go to the then go to the final boss chapter again, beat that first boss, and then get to the second oh, one and no. find out you're not geared for that one either. <laughs> oh no! So you have this awesome climax happening, but it's just it was so it was such a start and stop affair for me that it lost all of its impact. Uh, I was very disappointed. I don't think that in any way you can call Odin Sphere Life Vizier a bad game. I think it's good, and I think that a lot of people listening would probably enjoy it. I prefer Muramasa the Demon Blade myself, so mm -hmm. uh, I just think that that game... Even, had... to the, even to the remade version here? Yeah, yeah, even when compared to the remade version, I, I think that like Muramasa is just more precise, it's more concise, it's focused... Whereas this game kind of feels like it's kind of treading water way too much with, like, there, there's not really level design in this game. It's just kind of like every area you go into, you got nodes on a map, and each room is like a node, and it's represented by a circle, and you, it's basically just one wraparound map. Like, you run, and you run forever, mm -hmm. and there are just, like, points in the background that you can interact with to change where you're going in the overall map. So there's no real level design to really kind of keep you engaged either. It's just combat encounter, combat encounter, maybe a puzzle room, combat encounter, combat encounter. And to do, to have to do that five times <laughs> in a row was just absolutely... Yeah. Like, I just kind of felt running to the ground by the end. And, and even though I loved the way the game wraps itself up, uh, that that whole start and stop thing really killed the momentum of the climax for me, and I mm -hmm. just oh it bummed me the fuck out because the final bosses are fantastic. Um, the way the story wraps itself up is really really good. Uh, even just like the basic story that this game is telling, like it, it it's told so earnestly. Like they you know they really threw themselves into wanting to tell this really cool story, but. Like just the gameplay mechanics got into the way of 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 those truly the truly epic moments where I feel the game was just really trying to soar and it couldn't because well I didn't end that character's uh, chapter of the story equipped for the final boss because mm -hmm. how am I supposed to know that? Mm. Like I didn't know that the next boss was going to use poison attacks, so I need to go craft some antidotes now. Uh, and it's just like, mm. yeah, that like that's something that they really should have, like they should have like let you access the menu, or something like when you yeah. select because like it, it presents you things like which character is going to fight which final boss. When they let you do that, you should be like, okay, do you want to like fuck around with this character's equipment beforehand? Or like if Trails that was, does, or if yeah. that was like a menu they could throw you back to if you died or something like yeah. but having to completely reload another fucking chapter to get back to um actually re-equipping your gear and getting to the getting through the final act that was just uh left a bad taste in my mouth unfortunately so yeah Odin Sphere I, I think it's really good I think it's a great remake I absolutely applaud the effort put into it because they really did want to make something entirely different and the thing that they made is way, way, way better than the thing that they originally had. I give them props for including the, uh, uh, including a way to play the original on there. If that's something you're interested in, like I, nothing wrong with that package at all. I think it's absolutely worth anything like that they're asking for it. 
Um, but it's just not for me. Uh, it's not mm-hmm. a game that it's not a game that I think I will ever want to revisit or anything. Mm-hmm. That and the fact yeah. that one of the characters was just a complete bust for me, <laughs> and like having to spend five to seven hours as a character that you don't like playing as—that's an investment. That's an investment. That's yeah. super great. The thing I always seem feel I hear about this game is that people really like it and then they don't finish it. Yeah, that seems to be the case. I, like, I, I, I did some research. I like, because I, when I finish a game, I sometimes like to look around and see what opinions are about it or what people are saying. And you see like various forms. Like that, that was the thing. It's like, yeah, I got to like chapter four. I didn't really finish it though. Like, yeah, yeah that's a pretty common sentiment. You just hmm. got you got past the Mercedes chapter and didn't ever want to play again. Hmm. Everybody loves that first character though. Uh, after five, he didn't he didn't get past the Mercedes chapter either. He oh. quit at Mercedes. <laughs> um yeah, the first chapter, like Gwendolyn, like she is like man, she feels so good to play. Like, yeah, her um her and Velvet are like probably the two I had the most fun with. Cool. But yeah, like it's I'll a good game. I'll probably be playing this within the year. Yeah, it's a good game. Like, if you want to borrow it, let me know. I have it. Oh, you do? It's in the box. Oh, I didn't know you had one. It's in the box. Okay. Oh yeah, like it's a, it's fun. Like, hey, you know, it's good. Just be aware yeah. that going in, like this thing, it, kind of retreads itself a lot. It and feels it's like mandatory. maybe it could be like a slow burn game where you finish one chapter and then come back a little later. I probably should have done that. I probably should have played this game along with something else on the side. So yeah. I, I can put that on me. And I, you know, like I'm, I'm not, and like, like I said, like completely honest and fair review of this game. I think you know, it's like I think mm. it's good. It's just eh, it, it's not the one I would come back to. Yeah, that seems more than fair to me. But, yeah, it just sounds like there's enough issues that put you off, yeah. especially that, that third character. And then, yeah, repetition tends to bug me a lot. I don't know about that part. Yeah, like pull another game from the box and re- like if if you accidentally <laughs> pull if you accidentally pull Odin Sphere Life Razier, I would say pull something beside it. That way, well, like, I'll start it and then maybe do two chapters, then see where I'm feeling. Yeah. <laughs> You're still on the box, right? Re two is the exception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mike's. Basically, if a game goes in the box, then it can't come out until I draw it. Mm-hmm. So, Switch games don't go in the box. So, I finished Mario and, uh, what's that RPG? Faerun. Yeah. I was hoping you'd talk about that. I'm not going to. No. Dang! <laughs> just just kind of just body slammed right Shut there. down there. All right. <laughs> Maybe if I like to. But okay. I, haven't, I haven't started that one yet. Okay. It's not in Don't worry. It's mostly, it's mostly the same. Right. So, since this first one's so great, that's a good news. Uh, John, fire! Yeah. No, my, I think it's my. I my, think it's my turn actually. My... <laughs> oh. <laughs> John, okay. Oh. Let me just get my sleep shades. Hey, hey, John. Yeah, I heard you. Uh, you've been doing things. <laughs> oh wait, I have a very, I have a very good joke set up here. Okay. No, I need John to say his thing first, though. I mean, I finished an anime. Did you play? Did you play any video games though? Well, I if finished he an to, anime. If he, if he didn't okay. want to talk about it right now, he could talk okay. about it. Again. Yeah, I'm talking about it in order. <laughs> I have okay. a, you sculpt. We sculpt these podcast. We script these podcasts very diligently, Red. <laughs> I need to stay on top of the get the right pacing. I think you watched this one. I, I finished Flip Flappers. You said you were watching this, and my honest-to-God reaction was just like, 
why, how, how did you come to the show? It's not actually very good. It really wasn't. It took me like three weeks and it was 13 episodes. <laughs> oh, boy. Because I didn't want to be like that person who's like, oh, that sucks, like right away. Uh, so I, I let you get you halfway went, yeah. through. You I gave let me... you get like halfway through and you were like, I kind of don't like this. And I was like, mm, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciated that. You handled it very, you held, handled yourself very well there. Yeah. Oh, man. That show just... Um, Oh, oh my god it goes it goes places at the end though with those characters. yeah it, it just That's has surreal. like a cl- go ahead it's kind of uncomfortable her whole character by the end so john tell me yeah because I, I am the only yeah, one Polly's here like what i have no fucking idea what flip flappers is so enlighten me in the rest of the podcast world please okay it's a 2016 show um the vibe it gives off immediately is like a, that it's a prestige show basically mm. like it feels like it's trying to be you know like a important well animated thing mm-hmm. um it's an original property um you know that kind of yeah you that and those kind of things often tend to be like my favorite like right. um when i watched erased a little while ago and i was like yeah this is its own thing um it's pretty, it's based on a book or something, and it just made me happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Flip Flappers, is, it's a magical girl show. I did not realize that until, like, very, I like, had heard the name over and over again without having any context for it. It's built, built around a gay love story, uh, the two magical girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's bad in some really <laughs> weird ways that are kind of hard to figure, hard to explain, I think. Mm. Um, I think you... You had a very good way of describing it when you started, which was Yuri Fooly Cooly. Yeah, it seems like it's trying to do Yuri Fooly Cooly. It's trying to. Mm, yeah. Should be the emphasized part. Because, yeah, I kind of like the idea of Yuri Fooly Cooly. Like, I think oh, that no. could be real fun, but this then... Was, yeah. This was when John had watched, like, one episode and was, like, super Three optimistic episodes. about it still. Like, yeah. this could be good. And then... Yeah. But then, then 12 episode... other episodes have to happen. Well, episode three is also very good. Yeah. It's, um... Very well animated, very pretty for most for the most part. It's got a very good style. It's very kind of psychedelic, I think. Yeah. Um, when they actually do the magical girl transformations, it's it's like ah, this is so nice. Um, one thing, just get out of the way. I started this because I heard like about the Fate Magical Girl spinoff, and was like, oh, uh, that sounds nice. Oh, and then I, it all and then comes I, back. And then, and then people immediately told me it's really, really horny for all the twelve-year-olds, and it's super gross. Yeah, like the fa- oh. the Ilya thing is actually just like straight up Lolicon. Yeah, it's it looks awful. No, um, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. So I saw that, and I was like, "Well, that's sad." I know. I'll watch. I I want to watch a different, a good magical girl show. Wait, flip floppers as magical girls? That's great. I I heard so many nice things about that. Who? Who said nice things about this? Uh, like Jake Chapman on ANN, and a few other folks. I, I don't hold to. Jake Chapman opinions on anime very. <laughs> no, I don't either. Now I just pay attention from through what's the word fucking like 2010. I paid attention to you and Chapman's opinions, and then it just kind of kept going. Why didn't through, you just like, stay momentum. with my opinions? You with see, your, your you perfect. Know- because you stopped watching anime, Polly. <laughs> but true. still, that should have been a sign. Just hey, anime is not good right now. Polly will continue watching anime when it's good. Oh wait, she watched Kill a Kill. Dumbass. Oh 
Oh man, that, that's the other yeah. thing. Is like I was watching Flip Flappers. Like, I kind of wish this was. Uh, it all a couple parts felt like it was trying to be a really good, trying to be a trigger show, like episode three or the climax. And yeah. I was like, God, this. It's like it was trying and failing to be a good trigger show, basically. Ooh. Um, oh, I mean, I mean, a lot of trigger shows also fail to be good trigger shows. Yeah, that that's, is that is also good fair. point. Good point. But I was watching it just like, oh man, remember Little Way of Academia? That show oh, was pretty good and wholesome. Yep. And so it that, also kind of shits the bed at the end. It does no, shit the bed. The dumb soccer it, plot it's so is so fucking just, good. What no, the, the soccer plot though was so terrible. Like, what were they? And they like they fucking ran with that. They had crammed it into like the entire last thirteen episodes of that show to build it up to something, and I, I still don't get it. Whatever. That y'all, part was y'all distracting as hell. Like, I understand the part with them flying around is very good, but the whole political part oh was truly God. awful. Yeah. But okay. whatever. It had no balls to it, is the problem. The political it's... shit had no balls to it, because they didn't put a name on a country, they didn't try to address, like, what exactly these conflicts were, it's just, oh, well, these countries have a problem with that country. Yeah. It's still not as questionable as flip flappers gets at the end with one thing that really bugged me well, well let's keep going <laughs> that's the thing is that i watched i didn't watch prisma Ilya because it's really horny and then flip flappers is really horny for the 12 year olds just all the time that's another I, thing uh, i think what? if you watched Ilya, maybe you take that back i watched I'm, clips I, I i know what i'm saying here i'm talking very horny oh okay so but they're like episode eight of flip flappers they just inexplicably all of the characters are in like the the middle school one piece swimsuits and then it just zooms up on everyone's butts for the whole app it's like and and it makes no and it feels so bad because again it's got that kind of prestige ambiance um, like it's not yeah. leading into being trash at all all which, which that would suck still i'm not saying that would be okay it just feels extra weird and bad because it's like aren't you trying to do something here why, why are you doing this stuff? I feel like anime is just so used to that shit at this point. Yeah. Where you just, like, when something comes around that isn't horny, you're like, I isn't horny, that. like, at all. I love that like, two people in chat just name-dropped Strike, which is like, yep. I, I, mean, I remember, I remember Stri- seeing... Strike, which was fucking honest about being horny, though. Yeah. That show starts with, like, fucking vulva That show shots. is seven... The first seven minutes of that show, I think I even counted the number of panty shots in my review. <laughs> I yeah. never dropped a show as fast as that one. I'm the dumbass that watched it. You reviewed it. I reviewed it. And you fell for a fan sub edit that removed the panties from one episode. Oh, yeah? You, re- you don't remember that? I don't remember that. It's been a while. Oh, maybe you shouldn't. <laughs> I probably shouldn't know. If I probably wouldn't want to see it. They probably saved me. No, oh, no. You, like, reviewed it and thought it was canon. Oh. Oh. And then I, and then I was like, Polly, this, they they couldn't have possibly actually shown vaginas in this show. And we found out it was, like, some creepy edit somebody oh, made. Oh, somebody went and put in details on the panties to show the actual outline. I guess. Ah. <laughs> Transubbers are weird. <sighs> so, Anyways. So Flip Flappers is... It's gross. Um, it's trying to do the Yuri Fully Cooly thing. And I think the deal is that it doesn't figure out what it, it never actually figures out what it wants to be about. And that's why it's bad. Oh, man. I fucking hate shows like that. Yeah. It just keeps going and you're kind of waiting for it 
to start mm-hmm. and then it doesn't and then like it's it manages to be like all the worst parts of being episodic without <laughs> actually being an episodic show without actually being good at a good episodic show like if it had just been like Rhett said something like I wish it was just the ending made into a whole show the ending animation it's so um, cute which it, it's so cute they have coconut and coconut and papika and papika is like marching through scary woods and coconut is walking behind her like looking scared at all the things and that like that was sort of a dynamic they have in a couple of the bits is like oh coconut doesn't want to go on the adventures the big scary adventures but papika wants to have those fun adventures and wants to be and wants coconut to be with her be there with her because she loves her and it's very sweet and if they had just made like an episodic show with magical girl transformations and monsters of the week and just done yeah. that, it would have been really nice. I would have really liked it. Um, and then it just, it just goes completely buck wild at the end. Like they decide to be about something at the very end of the show and they, the villain it. So spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think you kind of have to just let yeah. it go. Let it flow. Yeah, the villain is her dead mom, I guess, who possesses Coconut's body, and then she, <laughs> and then just takes over the show, and suddenly the whole thing and it flashes back to her whole backstory, and oh, this is what the show's about now, I guess. And in the last like three or four, three episodes, last three episodes, they introduce this whole extra conflict and backstory, and that's the whole center of the show, and then they have the big cathartic climax where they <clears throat> and Papika transform together and fight the mom, and it's it's almost like, and then again, for the climax, they, like, get another transformation where they have, like, wedding dress magical girl outfits, and it's very sweet, and I was like, oh, this is almost like a, a the ending to a good show You almost <laughs> like, You almost had a good idea here. Uh huh. Um, and it just doesn't land at all. So they have like the a good ending to a show that doesn't exist, and <laughs> I was just like not feeling anything, even when I was like, oh yeah, I kind of see what you're going mm. for here. It just it it takes way too long to get going, and then once it gets going, it it doesn't have any meat to back it up. Mm. Yeah, I don't like it because like there's that blonde girl. And yeah, she just kind of never does anything. And then she, but she still has like this like culminating arc where she transforms finally. Uh, So many times they'll transform and then cut away and then cut back to them like having resolved the magical girl conflict. (laughs) It's like they're embarrassed to be a magical girl show. They never, they, it doesn't feel like one. It sounds more like they didn't have the budget for the anime girl stuff. But I think the show is very good looking, so I'm not sure. Yeah, they have budget for a lot of it. Oh, and a big part of a, uh, an important bit of uh, trivia here: the head writer left the show halfway through. What? Yep. Did, wow. Okay. She just le- she left the show, and then a whole bunch of other people just kind of scrambled to put it together. So. So there literally was no planet. So oh. there was. It was a show. If there was any vision, we don't know what it was. Wow. And they just kind of scramble to put throw something together, and it feels like it. So yuck. So but, the thing that always weirded me about the ending, like I actually kind of forgot some of the details until you mentioned them. Uh huh. 
all I specifically remember was the revelation that like Poppycon knew Kokono's mom. So yeah. she's way older than she's playing, but then oh. she's also yeah. Oh, she, so she's like in love with her friend's daughter and pretending to be the same age. It's she's super pretty funny. in love with she was pretty in love with Mimi, and then she gets magically aged down oh, in a way that they don't really explain, and then falls in love with her daughter. Yes, that, yeah. is, that is something okay. that happens in this show. That was the part where I'm just like, checked the fuck out. Because <laughs> the whole show up to that point, like, if you can say it's about anything, it's about Kokona realizing she's gay. And then for <laughs> her partner... Loves, she fucking loves Kokona. Um, uh, yeah, go ahead. But then for Poppycat to kind of have this kind of pedophile angle really <laughs> fucking ruined that for me that's squicky this sounds like a trash fire yeah it's it just seems like it's trying i think people just bought into it because it carries you, itself no, I, enough confidence to be like yeah this is a good serious show that knows what it's doing like yeah I, go ahead it, it it believes itself to be a good show i think is a good way of putting it <laughs> You watch those first three episodes, and you get to episode three, and you're like, yeah, there's a good show in here. Yeah. And then it never comes out. Because they don't really do... The episodic stuff does not land. They don't build character journeys the way they should. And I just fucking... This sounds like a TV show in prototype form that kind of just, like, (laughs) it had a pilot and an idea, and we just kept kept making pilots. (laughs) And then they had to scramble and throw it together in three and four episodes. Four, like episode nine, they introduce, they start just dropping. Like this show keeps it completely close to the chest for eight episodes, and then just drops like revelation, 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 revelation. Oh, by the way, the whole time she was actually the destined chosen child, and <laughs> it would have been yeah. much better if Coconut like wasn't match, wasn't like special in any way, like mm. wasn't secretly the daughter of two of the main leading players. I don't know. It's, it's bad. It's not good. Bad. bad. It's bad, and it makes you, tricks you into thinking it's not. Woof. Ugh. No thank you. Reminded me of, kind of made me think of Akka 13, because that's another one that's just like, oh, this has confidence. This is a nice voice. I like that. Oh, this never, nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this just sucks. Okay. So that was the John anime hour. Oh, boy. Um, I also did a bunch of uh, arcade playing games. What games did you play for that where they were arcade released? Yeah. Like, I played a bunch of Mystic Writers. Um, I didn't 1CC anything. Yeah, it was just really nice. 1CCs are hard, John. Yeah. 1CCs are so hard. I'm still trying trying to get an X-Men 1CC, and it's not easy. I'm playing the easiest version of the game, and it's still not easy. They weren't really made for that. They were made to suck your money away. Yeah, I know. I mean, especially racing games were the worst, where it's like, literally. Yeah, like, literally rubber band past you. Yeah. So, I, I played a, like, pretty regularly sat down in front of my computer for like an hour and played um, Mystic Writers and the New Zealand story uh, and just kind of tried to get as far as I could on a credit. And then I finally just went back and like played all of them. <laughs> just quarter fed. And it's like, all right, yeah, I, I feel like I've gotten my money's worth here of zero dollars. Of zero dollars, yes, I was about to say. So 
it was fun getting kind of deep into some arcade games that I'd never hear anyone talk about. Um, Cause it makes me think just like, like arcade games have their own specific vibe. That's just not like anything else. I think. Yeah. Um, Cause they are made to immediately, they're made to suck all your quarters. They're made to be immediately fun and, and get, engaging. Yeah. Uh, Which I, I do like that part. They just, they have to get up and go. Yeah. They just instantly. have like first 30 seconds have to be exciting. And that's something that you don't get in a lot of contemporary action games. Yeah, like, every fucking game you play now has to have seven minutes of story that you don't fucking care about. Polly, yeah. you literally just talked about the burger eating at the start of Resident Evil 2. Shut up, Brett. That... There can be good Dude, ones. that burger eating scene is the best mocap I've ever seen. <laughs> like, watch, watch that the dude's first mouth. The seconds were engaging, Watch it. that dude's mouth. Watch his okay. mouth. <laughs> I will stand that burger eating scene. <laughs> okay. So they're engaging right away, and then they're like a half hour long, and the goal is to play them over and over and over again until you're good enough to master them and beat them. Yeah. Like as opposed to a lot of action games that are you know 15 hours long or whatever, and don't aren't designed to sustained repeated play the same way. Mm-hmm. So that's something I. I did this because I, I once seed Super C, and I was like, all right, I could go for it. Let's do an arcade game. And then I was like, this is much harder. Oh, man. You, you should try Super Contra. That game's real hard. Yeah. Yeah, the arcade version, which won't let you quarter feed for. No, you you get three continues, and that is it. If you put in oh, another man. quarter, oh, well, back to stage one anyway, fucker. Oh, man. I've once seed it. It's not impossible, but it, it will I'm... take you a while. I think I've done it on the three continues. Uh-huh. I can't remember exactly. I mean, isn't that game like 15 minutes long? It's like, yeah, the game is then, literally so. 15 minutes long. It's just, it has a weird feel to it. Like it doesn't oh, yeah, feel I, like I Contra like games on the console. Arcade ones feel like they're but very, like flo- they're very floaty. Yeah. Even as those games are meant to be quarter fed though, that one is so short that they're like, we can't even let people quarter feed this one. Like we have to start kicking you back to the start every dollar. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's so. It's a fun vibe. Console and PC games are obviously that take inspiration from arcade games. Sort of hit a lot of the best of both worlds because they'll be yeah. a little more human playable. Mm. Um, but then you get farther and farther, and then like once you're in this, you get to the Super Nintendo, and it's a little more distanced from that spirit. You get, mm. and then after that, is you don't really get it at all. Mm. Um, I mean, I think. Of, go ahead. I think modern roguelikes kind of approach a lot yeah, of that stuff in the same that. way. Like Flunky, like, Binding of Isaac. I haven't played Dead Cells, but I've heard people say, you know, like the run-based stuff where it's like the game is about a half an hour long and it's meant to be replayed over and over and, you know, give you some unlocks as you go. Like, it's arcadey and like Dead Cells especially, it's meant to kill you. You know? <laughs> Tinker Gemini stuff. mentions Double Dragon 3, which is literally you buy special moves with quarters. Oh no! What? Yeah, that game's real scummy. Wow, that's Oops. what I've ne- the arcade version you mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Technos didn't even develop that game themselves because they were working on another game at the time called the Combat Tribes, and they uh, they uh, licensed out Double Dragon to another developer because they thought the Combat Tribes was going to be the big shit, and both games I've never just even flopped. heard of that. Both but games like... just flopped. 
You buy special moves. You buy special moves. You refill your that life you're on. You refill your health. I don't know. I've only played it's, Double Dragon oh Three the arcade. God. I've only played a version of Double Dragon Three the arcade that came out on the Sega Genesis. By mm-hmm. uh, it was ported by Flying Edge, aka LJN, and it's real bad. That's just fucking killing me, though. It's like the prototype DLC. Yeah, yep. it really is DLC the video game. Oh, that's funny. Oh, do you want to do a dive kick? Give us another quarter. Basically, yeah. It's like so you go into weird. stores in the game, and the stores in the game, they have prices on things, but it's real money. <laughs> I, this is the most ahead-of-its-time game I've ever heard of. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> It had arcade microtransactions, as Tinker like, points out. We're going to call it Gotcha. Gotcha! <laughs> That's I never, crazy. I never processed Gotcha sounds like Gotcha. It's very appropriate. There's an... I don't even know if this is a real clip or just like an edit somebody made, but it's a picture of a angry video game nerd and it just says, more like Gotcha by the balls. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's spelled G-A-T. Gotcha. Excellent. Yeah, the um, the thing with arcade games versus the modern roguelikes is that they have level design that's designed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that counts for a lot. Splunky d- has designed levels. Of course. Charts. I mean, of course there's a ton of art that goes into making, like, randomly generated levels. I think mm. it's much harder to make compelling randomly generated good, levels. Randomly, yeah. Like, Splunky is levels. almost always on point. Yeah, because yeah. the pieces that it works with are limited, and they're very smartly put together to work mm. with one another. Yeah. yeah, no, no shade. It's just that the flavor of an arcade action game that yeah. has that is handcrafted levels. It's handcrafted. Like, it's like if you compare Persona 3's Tartarus to Persona 5's handcrafted dungeons, which is which is more compelling? Obviously, yeah. it's the handcrafted shit that is just way more cool. The best randomly generated stuff versus the best handcrafted stuff. Yeah. Like, but I think when you're playing a game, you know, a hundred times, like, because... It benefits to have the, ar- ran- the randomness. Yeah. I get that. Like, in an arcade game, like, you're not memorizing how to play. You can just memorize the level itself, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what basically mm-hmm. entire, entirely what speedrunning is about. Just yeah. memorizing every single enemy location. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying I like. I like yeah. just doing the dumb, kind mm-hmm. of straightforward memorizing where everything is <laughs> true kind of arcade kind of experience so that and also arcade games were made by like big professional companies so they have like a level of detail they feel they it's fun to play a 30 minute action game that feels very expensive to make yeah like yeah you don't yeah. get that now really where it's you have the big triple a action titles and whatnot and then you have the run based indie roguelike indie stuff yeah but then, like, oh, this was a this was tri- Rayforce. This was a triple A game. It's a thirty minute game, and it's uh, very pretty and it looks very expensive. Yeah, right. No, it's just like Rayforce was never triple A. I mean, it would be it would be considered it would be considered triple A in Japan. I mean, uh, I, I mean, it's Taito. It's it was a big. It was a. I mean. Dev teams were smaller what then, year, obviously. What year was, I guess that was pretty early, actually. Like, that was 94, 93? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm saying professional... I know. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I just... The whole AAA thing, like, is kind of a 
last-gen invention of like, wow, games got real expensive to make all of a sudden. That's true. If you if you try to apply it to like PS2 or earlier, it feels yeah. weird. Like someone called Kingdom Hearts 1 a AAA game, and I was like, what? I don't... I, I yeah, guess. but it totally was. Like they had, yeah. it, it's Disney. Like they're putting everything they have behind that. Exactly. You're right, though. That it does feel weird when you apply it to yeah. earlier stuff. I think it's like when you look at something like Super Metroid and think probably more people probably worked on Dead Cells or something. Yeah, Super I get Metroid that. probably had a small dev team. Yeah, I feel that. Um, so arcade stuff really resonates with me. I really like it. I want to get. I don't know if I. <laughs> One he's seeing is so hard. It really is. It really is. I have, I have a friend that does. Games. I have a friend that like a, a big theme of his stream is once he's seeing arcade games and he's yeah yeah it's, it's our pal Elrock six seventeen and he mm-hmm. puts a lot of time into a lot of games to get a one cc and like that's a, a really cool thing to see somebody work toward because you start seeing like you start seeing where some games go complete the bullshit when you get yep. near the end and it's like oh yeah that's just meant to really fuck you over isn't it. <laughs> Yep. So, Genesis and NES games kind of are a little bit kinder, a little yeah. bit easier to play. Yeah, just uh, a little bit. Just a little bit. So I kind of want to do more like with this Contra and Super C, which were very accessible, like three or four day sit sittings mm-hmm. of playing Contra and Super C, and then I beat them in the one credit, um, and then kind of build my way back up to like I did all the Toho game. Like I did a bunch of Tohos, so. That kind of thing. Two who's. Two who's. Yeah, but again, like, those games are meant to be reasonably yeah. beaten, especially on normal. Um, except UFO. That one's impossible. <laughs> yeah, No game, one can beat it. Nobody. Never been beaten. Never been beaten by anybody. UFO is completely impossible. Um, so, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've been up to so far. Maybe I have one more thing, but I can throw it off. <laughs> Rhett! Hi! What have you been up to lately? Uh, I played Gree. Polly said I was saying it wrong. It's spelled G I or G R I S. It's Gristle. Gristle. Grizzled. The soul is silent. The old is silent. I own this. I don't mean to get to it. Tell us about it. It's very pretty. Yeah. (laughs) One thing you will notice. One thing you'll notice very clearly from looking at the first screenshots is wow, this game's pretty. I bet it's about depression. <laughs> I was gonna say before I fumbled over it, Gree more like grief, yeah, because ah. that's literally what it's about. And there are achievements named like acceptance, depression, anger. Oh. It's very on the nose. People were sort of poking poking at it for that when it came yeah. out. I think on my feed. What do you think? I think I never one hundred percent connect with games like this that yeah. are just. Like, I'm not saying it's bad. I did enjoy my time with it. I actually did cry a little bit at the end. But, like... Imagine that. Rhett crying at the end. Well, I'll get to that later. Weird. But it's like... I played... Like, the game I would compare this most to, I was kind of thinking, like, what does this feel like? And to me, I was like, oh, it feels like Journey. Yeah, that was my immediate point of comparison. And Journey was a game that I didn't play for years after, after it had come out. And I remember people, like, going nuts for that thing and, like game of the year and stuff and i played it and was like that was a pleasant time i enjoyed it like it didn't hit me the way i know it hit some people so i played through gree and i went that was an enjoyable time Mm -hmm. it didn't hit me the way i know it has hit some people so like i think you kind of know at this point if 
you're down for this kind of style of no words. There's no words, yeah. No That's words. It's all about the emotion and visuals and journey, but no words mm. except for the achievements. The achievements kind of spoil which part you're on. Man, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, John, I thought of something. Yeah? Man, if we didn't have to write words afterward, would have been, <laughs> it would have come out way faster. It's a visual no, it's a, it's just a visual now. It's yeah. not a visual novel. <laughs> it's a visual. Yeah, the, my my experience with this was seeing like a handful of devs I know who really like words, like putting words in their games, and do some really cool stuff with words, and being a little put out at the way um, you know this sort of thing gets sung up a lot because they're like, you know, we're doing some stuff that's a lot more complicated, you know, maybe a little bit more nuanced. Um, also, they had like Hyper Light Drifter and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> That's one where it just isn't oh, anything, though. Hyper Light Drifter doesn't have any words, does it? Oh, yeah, really? and it didn't have a fucking story. So. Yeah. yeah. It had vague allusions to a story that it wants you to think more deeply about than it actually is. Yeah. yeah. And then Limbo didn't have a story, but people went really went nuts over it because it didn't have any words and it was so spooky. I liked Limbo for the simple gameplay. <laughs> Like, I thought the puzzles in that were fine. Yeah, like, and, I didn't give a shit about the quote-unquote story or atmosphere of Limbo. I just, I thought it was a fun platformer. Yeah. I like the spider. We really like the spider. Yeah, it had the very violent it's just, deaths. It's a very good <laughs> spider. Um, so, yeah, that it's not, your reaction makes a lot of sense to me. So, Gree is a platformer, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really do anything you haven't seen before. Like... You get a, you know... It, the weirdest thing in this is, like, you get a couple power-ups, and the first one is, like, a butt-stomp, basically, from Mario, <laughs> and it feels a little out of place. <laughs> Our depression game needs a butt-stomp. Yeah, because your character, like, turns into this big, heavy cube and can, you know, weather the storm that way. Like, I'm sure there is some metaphor they're going for. Mm-hmm. I think if I got a butt-stomp, that would help my depression. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think my favorite part of this game is so okay this game is very very pretty like mm-hmm. and that actually ties into the game itself where you kind of unlock colors as you go so like the game is like oh, entirely monochrome nice. is the very start and then you unlock red oh. so like the whole game and the environments are red from that point on and then you unlock green and this game would suck if you're red green colorblind that would be yeah because I was like oh those are the two the first two you're going for huh but then so like again if you're able to see it and you don't have colorblindness like you go through this forest and everything is either red or green it's very pretty yeah yeah so my favorite part gameplay wise is when you get blue and hey this is probably the depression chapter and you go underwater and for a while it just plays similar to echo the dolphin like the swimming controls are probably the swimming controls are pretty good and they feel very you know fluid in a way that echo does kind of momentum based not really but you can kind of do the jump out of the water thing and similar to oh, echo yeah. and there's some kind of like the level two in uh celeste where you're f- jumping between like hovering bodies of water that mm. i thought was pretty fun but yeah it's just there's nothing gameplay wise that this does that i've never seen before but the visuals are just so striking and the music is you know 
chill ambient piano stuff with some strings and works very well for what it is yeah Mm -hmm. so it's a good time it's just it didn't blow me away Mm -hmm. which is a little unfortunate but then what was the game by the by one of the main journey devs that was oh uh, this oh god abzu abzu yeah which might actually be my favorite of the three even though grit is (laughs) comparable because i just Uh I like Abzu because it's underwater and it has that cool aesthetic and it go it kind of does a journey thing at the end where it goes places you maybe didn't think it was going to go. Actually, Journey's finale is really good, huh? It's so good! Yeah. You walk by all the tombstones of the other people that have gotten that. Oh, <laughs> I like Journey. Yeah. So you, you will probably yeah. like this. You might mm-hmm. not love it. Yeah, I was feeling defensive when I was reading those devs. The devs. Yeah. I was like, well, I like the wordless thing. I think it's nice. I think I was I think, playing Celeste at the time, which was I think that was part of where I brought that up. Where I was like, "Well, this is simple, but I still I still like it. You don't have to be super I'm like, I don't think Celeste nice would work with no dialogue. No, I need. You know? it's so like that's what this is doing. Where it's like there probably could be room for a story in there in here, but maybe it'd be too heavy handed. I don't mm. know. Broad yeah. symbols of oh, it's yeah, uh, this. But yeah, something about this clicked for me at the very, very end. Oh yeah, there is some uh, animation in this game. Like, there's the backgrounds that are very good, and then there's a few kind of enemies that are basically cell animated, mm-hmm. and it just has like this like '70s animation vibe mm-hmm. of like kind of psychedelic. Oh, it's oh, su- oh. like there's this giant bird like made out of liquid, and the frame by frame animation is just mind blowing, basically. Oh, all right, that counts for a lot. So, like, that stuff is so incredibly cool looking. Cool. Yeah, so, like, something click did click for me emotionally at the very end of this game, and I started crying, and I was like, I don't even know why. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a very good ending. Oh, my God. I'm the worst. <laughs> I can't wait for you to play Wander Song. Oh, oh man. That's Polly? Polly. Yeah. I almost started crying at the trailer because I just immediately knew <laughs> what that game is doing and how it's going to break me at the end. Yeah. I can't wait to play that, too. Maybe I should just cheat and play it. The box will not be take... Yeah, the box probably... was a Switch game, though, right? Yeah. Not, I don't own it on Switch, though. Oh, oh gotcha. That's mostly for stuff I can just play at work and not give a shit about, like, new Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, hey, do you want to talk about that in detail? It's a fine Mario game. Oh, like, it God. didn't really make me feel anything other than, this is pretty good. Mm. Oof. I think the boss design in the second half or so is actually pretty good. Because in the first half, it's fucking terrible. Oh. Where so it's it, a new Super Mario Brothers game for the first half? <laughs> Well, the first the first half is just like, what if we took the bosses from Mario three and didn't change them at all? Ugh. Where it's like, hey, it's boom boom. Oh yeah, and you can just jump when he comes out of his invincibility and hit him again and just win instantly. Oof! But the last few bosses like get way better about not letting you cheese them by hitting them instantly. Zach, it's the best. <laughs> It's the best Mario game ever, according to Jeremy Parrish. That list was such a fucking troll. That was... That I mean, got me mad, and even though I knew it was just fucking with me. It, I think 
it could be the best new Super Mario Brothers game. Mm-hmm. I haven't played the others, so that's why. Also, like, so like I've only played the first helps. one on DS, and I loved yeah. it a lot. So yeah. yeah, and then I stopped there because when I saw that they just kept making more of them. So, like, yeah, I so have like, the one on the Wii, but it's just like, eh, I'm probably pushing yeah. it if I play that thing. Yeah. So for me, like, this is the first new 2D Mario I've played since World. Hey, it's been a hot minute. Mm. <laughs> and the other thing is that hey, the levels are themed to the world they're in, which <sighs> like 3D World apparently didn't do at all. Nope. Yeah. What the fuck? I will say That's like. The music is goddamn terrible. It's a shame. Wah, 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 wah. <laughs> There's, I mean, it, it becomes, you just have to laugh at it at some point. Where because it's like, it just becomes a fucking parody of itself. Yeah. When you're, towards the end, like, you're in the Bowser levels and it's still like, dun, dun, dun. Wah, wah. wah. <laughs> yeah. See, like, the thing is, like, I loved that in the first new Super Mario Brothers game because it was cute to see the enemies just kind of bop with when the waz happened. Yeah. But then they just went overboard with it, and it's just like, oh my There's god. There's way more. The funny thing is that in the underwater levels, it's a different sound. It's kind of a chime, mm-hmm. and the cheap cheeps will spin on the chime. Mm-hmm. And it's like, see... You can change it up while while keeping the same the overall same premise. That's the same oh. thing they did in New Super Mario Brothers One. They've not changed a thing about this formula. That's hilarious. Okay, there's baby Yoshi's in this one as power ups, and I don't think they're in the others. And they will also sing along to the music, which mm. is very cute. That's yeah, and, I can. Dig that. That's about it. Oof. Yeah. New Super Mario Brothers U is fine. I still have to play the Luigi side now. I'm, I'm trying to pull up one of the pull up the castle music was. <laughs> I think it's like World Eight has some outdoor levels that are. Gotcha. I mean, there's probably there's probably was in all the music though. Like I just kind of started tuning it out at some point. <laughs> the what? worst. The worst is when the turtles will stop when you're trying to jump on them to do the little kick and you get hit and yeah, I'm like, it can fuck you fuck up. You. <laughs> Okay, so in a way that's kind of ingenious, though. Like just that the fact that it'll fuck with the yeah. enemies a little bit because just it's something a it's bit. something you can anticipate if you're listening to the music too, because you know that you you know a was just right around the corner. That's the thing is it's always right around the corner. There's yeah. just so many. Yeah, it's like the punctuation at the end of every four measures. Yeah, I swear there's one part though where I swear. <laughs> I don't know if I was imagining it, but it was like some enemy type. It might have been like Bullet Bills looked like they were blinking to the waz, but there was one that was like wah wah wah, like, and they would do something towards to that. And I was like, "Geez, you guys are really going nuts on this." God. There it is. There's the wah outside volcano. Wah. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> so dumb. But again. I did appreciate that the levels are themed to the worlds, at least. Like, it made it feel like you're going on some sort of journey. Like, you have the sky level at the end, and then the Bowser level. And it gets relatively difficult towards the end. Like, there is an arc. And then they totally... Why do they do this with the bonus levels? To unlock the bonus levels, you have to get literally every single star coin in the game. Uh. And it's just like, oh, cool, let me just replay the entire game, because I got all of them in, like, two levels or something. Yeah. 
So I'm just like, mm, yeah, I, I don't care. See, that was fine for me in New Super Mario Brothers 1 because I felt compelled to find them all. Like, I was yeah. totally cool with it. But, like, if I was, like, if this was, like, my fifth New Super Mario Brothers <laughs> game, I'd be like, fuck you. I just want Mario Maker on Switch. Like, Please. why is that not a thing already? Because they had to sell this first. They had, <laughs> literally. They I didn't were like, even fuck. know this was a thing. It's New it has the best name of all time, like New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. That's so like I did not even know this was a thing. So it's the original New Super Mario Brothers U and the Luigi thing they added. The new Super so, Luigi U stuff looks interesting because those are all like fast paced, like you have no yeah. time levels. It's mm. all it's it's a, as many levels as the original game. Like they remixed every single level mm. to have a 99 second timer. Yeah. Like that which looks is actually, cool shit. Which is actually way shorter because the timer counts fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like every single level just starts with a do 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 You're going to get like cocaine up waz here. Yeah. Into those stages. You survive with this you anxiety edition. I was like man you're just not going to let me explore these levels at all huh? Because the music's just in fast mode the entire time, it seems. That's so good. So funny. So hopefully I enjoy that a little more than the original game. I be- I'm, I'm betting you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that game is a good, like, take it to work and play it on break for, like, 15 minutes. And okay, now break is over. Oh, Keep yeah, it. it's got Nabbit, too. How does it compare to Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze? It feels like the in- like the scrappy indie version where... Donkey Kong was the triple A's making a platformer, which felt odd because Donkey Kong is just so insanely lavishly produced for a platformer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that game's way harder and more engaging. Yeah, it's like those and, Rayman and games. I, yeah. Really. In Donkey Kong, I felt compelled to do everything. Like, I got to the secret world and stuff. It was good that it was good. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. The, the saddest part is being like, underwhelmed by a mario game like yeah like that is such a weird thing to say anytime it happens mm-hmm. but because the soup the new super mario brothers series as a whole has been kind of such a wet fart yeah that when i'm playing this i'm going well this isn't that bad which is like horribly backhanded criticism yeah like if you're talking about a mario game and the best thing you can say about it is eh, it's not bad yeah they've probably fucked up a bit yeah mm-hmm. <sighs> Just, hey, ended up talking not, more about this than Gree. At least it's not sunshine. <laughs> well, like, Gree is kind of like a hard thing. It's a puzzle platformer that's very pretty. Yeah. That emphasizes its... It, it, yeah, it just evokes all of its narrative through, you know, mm-hmm. actions, words, sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So... Yeah, like it's kind of yeah. hard to talk about that kind of game. Uh, just Other yeah. than like, uh, are the puzzles good? No. I okay. mean, well... Well, they get better towards the end, I guess. Mm. So, Polly, Yo, what else have you been up to? I've been kind of indulging in a series we've come to know and love talking about on this podcast. Oh, yes. Yeah, we, we, we love them. They're Trails games. And How many oh, uh, Game of the oh, Year's yeah. awards do they have? And things got a lot, don't they? They've come away with yeah. quite a few. Um. So, there's a series of those games. It's a short series. There are only two games in this one. Um, they haven't come out here yet. 
Um, and big props to the people who put in the time to fan translate them for the PSP and the PC the versions. The Crossbell games, right? Pardon? Yeah, it's the, the cro- it's, it's the Crossbell games. Uh, it's uh, Zero no Kiseki and Ao no Kiseki. Ow! Uh, ow. No, Kiseki? Ow! No, Kiseki, stop! <laughs> uh, yeah, these games don't have an official release. We don't know if they will ever be released here. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and the reason I'm playing them is because um, Cold Steel 3 recently got announced uh, as Woo! coming out this year, uh, which is good. A lot of the uh, team that worked on the series, the series in the past is also is now doing that work for Nisa now. So instead of X Seed, um, so you know that that is what that is. But since the major players that have worked on this series now for this long are involved with the project, I don't really think we have much reason to be all that concerned. Mm-hmm. But since Cold Steel's events tie very heavily into the events that happened in Crossbell in these games, I figured, okay, it's probably about time we, we sit down and go ahead and give, a, give these games a look. Mm-hmm. So from a gameplay standpoint, they're basically just kind of slightly, you know, slightly more improved versions of the Trails in the Sky games, basically. So you, you know what you're getting into. You know how this game is going to be played, how it's structured. You know, you've got your quests, you've got your orbments, you've got Sepith, you got, like, all of that shit is the same. The big okay. important the big important reason to play these games is because their events are so heavily important in the Cold Steel world. And, like, if Cold Steel 3 doesn't have some kind of fucking summary or something about the ga- about these two games, that's going to be a real big problem going forward, I think, given how ingrained uh, mm-hmm. cross the, the conflict over Crossbell is to the series. Mm. So Crossbell is a territory that sits between the Calvard Republic and the Erevonian Empire. And the two larger... Uh, entities obviously want to claim Crossbell and annex it, you know, as their own. And so they're just kind of like this little state in the middle that isn't really recognized as a power of their own by, you know, anywhere on the island of Zemuria. So it's just contested land where people live and are, you know, carrying out their lives and they're having their own little revolution here like they're like they got the fucking internet in crossbell what the fuck <laughs> they've huh. got a, they've got an orbital internet so they're kind of like they're kind of at the forefront of where orbital technology is going and it's like with you know one side breathing down your neck and the other side breathing down your neck there's a lot of political shit going on and it's mm. real slimy when you see it happening because it's just like man Sometimes this is a little too real, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but it's but it's still presented in that kind of like anime way where they don't go too overboard with the politics to make it boring. It's very theatrical politics where you know people making grand declarations of independence and things like that. And oh boy, man, when Crossbell declares themselves an independent state, boy oh boy, things are going to get real fun. <laughs> um. 
so th- that that's kind of like the crux of the problem here and in like the main focus of the big rpg that's happening is that crossbell is be like they really have no say in what's going on even though they're the ones kind of leading this orbital revolution because they don't really have the power to like they don't have the power or military might to fight back the people that want to annex them it's kind of just like two big brothers beating up on the little brother just you know Mm. i own you no i own you and then all the weird shit that's going on in those other places um so an issue i had was that if you've played cold steel one and two the first game is going to be boring as fuck Mm. uh zero no kaseki is kind of the setup to all of the big things that are going to be happening in Crossbell. So when you kind of get towards the end of Zero is where all of the major events start happening and where events start kind of overlapping towards where Cold Steel 1 starts to end and Cold Steel 2 begins. Mm -hmm. And um, there are, like, major things that happen in Cold Steel that they're just like text box... They're just like one or two text box summaries in Crossbell's storyline... So, like, but, but, but the first game has a lot of setup, a lot of deception, and all of this stuff, but it's not really deception if you already know the outcome, because Cold Steel is pretty explicit in telling, you know, in referencing what happened in Crossbell, you know? Mm-hmm. So, that game was just a slog and so hard to get through. Um, so much so that I watched most of it and then cheat, and then, and then I found a way to kind of cheat, uh, and blast through the rest of it just because I wanted to see mm. the story. That said, Ao no Kiseki probably has one of the, uh, strongest emotional scenes in the entire series because it's a thread, it's a thread that starts in second chapter of Trails in the Sky, does not get fully resolved in the third and mm-hmm. by the end of uh, Zero no Kiseki is that, like, that, that moment kind of finally comes where they're able to... Man, I'm getting choked up just thinking about it. Uh, <laughs> they, that moment comes where they, they're, they're able to close that gap and finally, like, give this little storyline the ending that it deserves. And it's one of the more beautiful moments in the series, I think, ever. Because it's something that you want to happen you've wanted this to happen for three games and then it finally happens when i wasn't even expecting it to like this is Mm -hmm. a thread that i didn't think was going to get resolved until sometime in cold steel Mm -hmm. but um yeah like so they wrap that up and like it's got its uh, it's got a good climax it's it you know it does the job it needs to do yeah now palace is tearing up thinking about it um, yeah, I, I I remember saying, like, if you want to make anybody that's played the Crossbell games cry, all you've got to do is say, caught you, and then they'll know what you're saying, and then they'll fucking cry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Zero has its own fine climax and everything, but the real meat of what you want to get to is all covered in Aono Kiseki, which, this is the game where they're allowed to kind of, like, hit the ground running, like... This game, like, it's it's one of the few times I feel like this is a series where they kind of let themselves keep the keep the story's um, uh, uh, kinetic energy going forward throughout the entire sixty hour experience. Mm-hmm. 
Because, yeah, I would say SC doesn't take, still takes its time kind of Yeah, getting, SC but. takes its time. Uh, I think Cold Steel 2 is another one where, like, they're con- you're constantly moving forward, but um, Owl is very much, like, it hits the ground running and it keeps you going toward um, those big events that you're hear- that you hear about uh, in Cold Steel 1 and 2. It give- like, if, you've, if you have the interest, like, if you've played Cold Steel before these and you know that these events are coming, seeing them happen is really rad. And seeing how they play out is really rad because Cold Steel doesn't give you the full version of everything that happened because you're seeing what happens in Crossbell from the outside and from newspaper clippings and shit. So, like, it was really cool to see, like, well, what's this thing that they're talking about in Cold Steel 2? Or, like, why is this chapter important in Cold Steel 2? Because I didn't understand a bit of it. And then when you get the full context from Aono Kiseki, like, that's when it kind of, like, all wraps around, and now that, now that I have the whole story, going into Cold Steel 3 and 4 is a very exciting prospect, I'll just say. Um, oh, yeah. Got all seven games. Yeah. <laughs> preceding them. And, and I think that, um, this isn't a cast of characters in the Crossbell arc. I don't think that they're immediately engaging, even by the end of the first game, I kind of just wasn't feeling them. And I don't feel that this is a cast that really comes into its own until uh, the second game as well. It's like when everybody kind of starts opening up and you learn more about them. Uh, and you get more of those tender, softer moments that, that uh, Trails in the Sky is just kind of littered with all over. Um, whereas mm-hmm. the Crossbell games kind of condense all of that into like some parts of the first game, but most of it is in the second game. Mm-hmm. So going forward... And knowing that a lot of the characters in the Crossbell arc are actively involved with the Cold Steel 3 and 4 storyline. Like, it's really exciting kind of looking at all that now and kind of finally being caught up and knowing what all of this means. And just like, man, September needs to hurry up and get here. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Um, it sounds like I should play these before. Though. Yeah, like if yeah. you're not if you're not in any hurry to get to Cold Steel, I would say definitely. Nah. Like, and the and the translations are kind of like like the Geofront is the name of the people working on the translation, mm-hmm. and um, I know that they are kind of going back and fixing uh, the zero translation because the zero translation is pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the owl, the owl translation is much better, but there's still a lot of things in there. Like if if I was an editor, I would never have let fly. Mm-hmm. Um, Wasn't there was a typo in like the end game screen? Like congratulate, congratulations! Oh my god, they did like completely. It's like it spelled something like come leadily. It's like how did you fuck that? <laughs> oh, up? Yeah, it's supposed to be like completely finished. It said like completely. Yeah, it's like, how did you fuck that up when you literally edited all the other images in the game? How did you, like, what? So, like, the fact that you posted, like, two screenshots and they both had typos was a little worrying. Yeah, like, look, for the amount of text that there is... True, I know. ...in, in, in a Trails game or a, a Kiseki game, whatever you want to call them, good Trials. God. Like, you know, to take that on and to put out, to even be able to put out something that's functional and that people can play through and actually grasp what's happening. Like that, that that's impressive. And to do that for no compensation at all, I think is admirable. Uh, mm-hmm. I do hope that Nisa or Exceed someday are able to, you know, give us, 
look, I love the way that those writers handle those characters. Like, they, they just have a way of writing that feels six or seven steps above where other RPG localizations are. And that, mm-hmm. like, I, I, I know John can agree. It's just like, like, even NPCs have just very distinct dialogue and, like, and speaking patterns. And it's just like, Having that kind of just makes those experience feel more um, grounded in reality, and it makes you feel like a part of the world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you lose a bit of that in, in in these translations, unfortunately. But considering the massive glut of text that they're dealing with, and like the time frames that they're working on to get these out, the fact that they're understandable at all is kind of incredible. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we played. Every, we still played PS1 RPGs as a kid, like, yeah, or <laughs> yeah, or however y'all, old y'all were, yeah. Um, like we dealt with a lot of bullshit <laughs> playing just even those official releases back in the day. So <laughs> I feel like it's pretty. Yeah, like you will I be feel able like to I play would have this. The to deal with that. You will be able to play this just fine. Also, Tio is best girl. Cool. Tio yeah, so is cutest girl, and Noel is wifey for lifey. <laughs> Excellent. Um, it looks like the Geofront site has updated as early as like twenty January twenty ninth of this yeah, year. So they yeah. are they are on it. They're very active. Like they're very mm-hmm. dedicated to getting these things out. So that like that's super cool that like fans can take that upon themselves and. Like knowing what the SC team went through trying to get that game out. Oh my god! god. Yeah. Like literal people on the staff, like almost committing suicide. Like that's really <sighs> fuck. Like that's not easy to take on. Yep. And like, like they, these are these are epic fantasy novel trilogies in yeah. each game. Yeah. It like and like that's not counting like all the NPC dialogue, the main story dialogue. All of the books and shit in these games, the newspapers, item Wait, descriptions. There's books? Yes. Like, oh these games God. have so much shit that needs translated. Like, yeah, I understand why it takes a while, but and I also admire the balls to take on something like that. Yep. So, wait, is it like Skyrim where there are just books you can read? They're like... Like, I think the longest book is maybe, like, 19 screens long or something. Okay. And it's just, like, yeah. maybe, like, 10, 10 lines a page or something. But it, that's mm-hmm. still a lot of text. For something most people may skip. Yeah. And then you uh, have, like, Exceed the Maniacs. They went and added more text to the game by making <laughs> every treasure chest say something different when you search it. Well, that was worth it. That's definitely worth it. Because there's some amazing pun work in those treasure chests. Oh, boy. Oh. I didn't realize that's a localization edition. That's yeah. great. Yeah. And they're, like, they're looking to do that for their updates to Zero and uh, Owl. The, the Geofront is because they found where the <laughs> chest text is and they know how to implement it. <laughs> they're taking submissions and I'm going to submit. Oh, jeez. Excellent. The secret Poly Dungeon sequel. There you go. I'll put it all in Ao no Kiseki. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Geofront is translating zero right now. Yeah. The the Ao translation that exists is better. Yeah, it's pretty much done. Okay. I think that that was quote unquote finished like last summer, like the last mm-hmm. updated version of that one. So okay. So now they're going back and doing zero now. Yeah, they're finishing like like zero doesn't even have like. Uh, 
the 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 notebook translated where it tells you how to like put your spells together to like you know, put your orbit yeah like and that's uh, really important stuff like yeah. I I need to know how to organize my orbits here to get to get the skills I want. God. Well, it's to be fair, I didn't know how the magic worked in Trails until the end of the second game. That just <laughs> amazes me. I was like, how do I learn magic? Ah, I'll just equip the ones that give me the best boosts and then just kind of go with whatever magic I get. That's fine, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's that's just that just that astonishes me because like I, I know that it took me a while to figure it out too, but it was more like okay, I'm in I'm like near the end of chapter two of first chapter, and it's just like okay, now I get it. I know what these values mean now. John just literally throw shit in there, it. see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, I, smart games. I have trouble with them sometimes. <laughs> I like stupid games a lot, so. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I mean, again, like, this is just more good Trails games, honestly. I don't really know what else I can say about them that would be, that wouldn't be just me wanting to sit down and just have a spoiler podcast about this series yeah. or something. Would really, because, you know, like, I can't really talk about specific things that happen because I don't, I don't want to spoil those moments for people because I want people to play these games, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I want those. All, there are seven really good RPGs you can, you can start playing. Yeah. Or there's one, go start Trails in the Sky, and then just continue. Yeah, there you go. Good stuff. Much as you like. Yep. Because you will want to, if you, if you make it through. But speaking of long-running series that have yeah. intricate narrative and lots of interweaving and plot lines. so confusing. And just utterly just brain-melting. You'll never figure them out. so confusing. Let's throw it over to John Thayer. Hi. Hi. Um, a shit ton of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Did you? Yep. I finished awesome. Kingdom Hearts 1 last year, like in June or something, and then immediately went out and bought Chain of Memories and 358 over two days at my local exchange. Um, I'm going to probably just emulate two. Um, so I, and then, so I was like holding the GBA cartridge in my hand six months ago, eight months ago. Like, do I want to? No, not yet. Nah. Uh, and then, I don't remember exactly, oh, I know what it was, everyone was talking about King Mars 3, and I was like, man, I could, I'm kind of feeling this now. So I, I actually went out and bought a new DS, because my previous one had broken, finally. Mm. Um, and then I, I started playing Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. I um, see, like, when you started, I was like, why don't you just play the version that they made on PS2, because they made it on Kingdom <sighs> Hearts 2's engine, and it looks like the same exact game i kept trying to interrupt john but i realized i was muted i was gonna say we had a we had a theme this episode i played resident evil 2 hd remake polly played odin sphere hd remake john played kingdom hearts chain of memories old ass gba version (laughs) i'm still still listening to y'all talk about re2 and i'm like i really liked the the pre-rendered backgrounds. <laughs> no, see, I think that's the cool thing about the remake is that I don't think it invalidates the yeah, original. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. at all. Whereas I think the remake of Resident Evil 1 kind of kills the original. Oh, yeah. <laughs> unless unless you really want that cheese. Uh, I feel that. Um, so, yeah, I played this because I like... I think... I, Chain of Memories pulls from a lot of the areas and locations and songs in the first game. So if I... If I'm gonna play a game that rehashes a bunch of contact content from Kingdom Hearts One, 
why would I play the one on the same system with the same style and the same <laughs> yeah. art? Like, why wouldn't I play the one that's pretty pixel art and GPA audio version? Um, why so, would I play the one that's pretty pixel art? You had me till GBA audio. Yeah, GBA audio is pretty bad. I did start linking the re-chain of memories versions of songs I really liked. Oh, nice. At a point, I was like, all right, if I want actual humans to enjoy listening to this, I better yeah. like the full version here. It's got some good tunes. But like this is like if I was gonna play a Kingdom Hearts game right now, this is the one I would be most interested in because I think it has some very unique ideas in terms of its gameplay. Yes. So remember when I talked about Kingdom Hearts One and how it's sort of bad in a lot of ways? It's bad in a lot of ways. We've been <laughs> it's, watching it's... Taylor stream it, and oh boy, man, that game's bad. It's. Ex- Okay, I, again, I completely love the story in that game. I think it comes together in a really cool way. Can, can I, I say act- something? Can I, I yeah. want to say one thing about Kingdom Hearts, because you, you said story. Okay. There is one thing I absolutely love about Kingdom Hearts, oh, and that so is cool. Disney characters spouting Nomura's nonsense. <laughs> I, like, I, I legitimately, like, part of me really wants to play this game just for that. <laughs> Like, I want to play more Kingdom Hearts just because I want to enjoy Disney characters being fucking straight-faced as shit, throwing out all of these goddamn proper nouns and bullshit. <laughs> We've got to stop Organization 13, Uh-huh. It was a test to see if your data version was ready to face all the hurt you carry inside. Uh, yuck. <laughs> oh, my God. I can... There's they caught they do another version of the scene where Donald and Goofy like swoop in to save Sora, um, and they talk about friendship, and it made me feel just as emotional as it did in the first one. I was like, oh my god! And Donald and Goofy, Donald and Goofy are the perfect characters to be spouting this bullshit. I yeah, I haven't seen any of Donald, but his voice, you know, is what it is. I can't imagine him talking about like Zaharnort or whatever. No, trust is there me, voice anytime. acting in the G- in the GBA game? I don't know. Think- oh, see, that's why it's oh. ruined. <laughs> it's a GBA game, rat. There are a couple like pre-rendered movies though at the beginning and end. It was a little weird. Like, oh, geez, y'all are doing this, huh? You're going for this on the GBA? Well, I mean, this is the second Kingdom Hearts game. Like, they kind yeah, of still said. have a thi- they have like a reputation to keep. Yep. This and is like, the second Kingdom Hearts game. It continues immediately where, where the first one leaves off and then continues the story for all the characters. Like as you said, there are no spin-offs. Like it's they not are a all spin-off. mainline games. And then apparently 2 just starts off right where Chain of Memories leaves off. It just it's a trilogy. Ooh. I'm really excited to finish the Kingdom Hearts trilogy. <laughs> and then I don't move know on about to that part. And then move on to 358 and whatnot. Doesn't um, 358 take place before 2 though? 358 and Birth by Sleep are prequels, and then um, Dream Drop Distance is a direct sequel to 2. So yeah, Dream Drop Distance is 3. <laughs> and then 3 is 3-2. Is, is sequel two. to Dream Drop Distance. Yes. So it's there's just a bunch of... And then there's still, like, the prequels are still starring, <laughs> like, important characters in the mainline games. There's, there's still, like, volumes of the story. They're not... <laughs> I, just the Spin-offs. chronology of this shit is insane. Oh, no. I love like, it. I've come full circle on this going, it's just seven games, it's not that confusing. And then like the dig the more you deep dive into it, you go, actually this is really fucking confusing though, huh? Cause it's not just there's three games with numbers and four 
handheld spinoffs. And then there's it's a the mobile game. Then there's a mobile game. Then there's a browser. Oh, there's a mobile game that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. So it got remade. It's a movie called Recoded Back Cover or something. It got remade as a DS game you can play. Oh, wait, really? Recoded got coded was the mobile game. Recoded uh-huh. is the DS remake that came out in 2011, just one month before the 3DS came out. Like, that's wow. Cool. Oh, I, I didn't yeah. realize there was another DS game. See, there are two DS games, yeah. One of them is a remake of the old, old pre-smartphone mobile game. <sighs> but then yeah. I think on the collection, it's just a movie now. Yeah. Same and as then... 8 over 2, yeah. And then there's X slash Chi, however key, however you want to pronounce it, which is another, which was a browser game that was turned into a mobile game and rebranded. What was it? Something Unchained. 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 But then they rebranded. Go ahead. Then rebranded again to Union Key. (laughs) And then that is continuing to have updates. And it's like a prequel set way, way before even Birth by Sleep but it's still super relevant to the plot of the third game. <laughs> also, um, the browser game key, um, they adapted into the mobile game, and the mobile game has the same story as the browser game. Until, like, Story Quest 500 or so, and then it splits <laughs> off, like, into a new route. So the browser game has the one story, and then the mobile game has the same story until it branches off into basically a second season. <laughs> Like the 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 unlimited blade works route of the mobile, oh of the browser game. Oh, I saw, people, I saw people bitching about Kingdom Hearts three, saying it's going to push people towards the mobile game. <laughs> I mean, I did I did download it <laughs> just in case. Go but, ahead, but also that like you you said like Story Quest number five hundred. Like yeah. you're probably not exaggerating too much, but I've heard like it's a lot of filler. Oh, but that's the cool thing. They actually made it so that you can that so that story quests don't cost AP that recharges every day, and you can skip all quests that don't have cutscenes. Oh my god! So they literally just made. Oh, sorry, we made a bad game. Let's just let you mainline it in ten hours. I go. The number I saw was like five to ten hours to get everything. I was like, what? Oh. So it's that's not that wild, right? It's still it's still the series is messy. Yeah. To say the least. I'm not gonna go be that person. Oh, it's so confusing and impossible. <laughs> but its chronology is really fucked. Yeah, because this is just the chronology. This isn't even the contents of the games. And this is just the chronology of the Xenozehenor arc. I can't say his name. The Nort at the end throws me. <laughs> they had to. They just had to figure out how to do an anagram of No Heart X. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's why all the Organization 13 names are so weird, is because they're all anagrams plus X. Yethrix. Um, so, anyway, <laughs> before you worry about all that, it's just a good game, and then another good game, Chain of Memories. Um, I, I finished the Sora route, and I'm about halfway through the Riku route now. After It's it's much faster. Um, yeah, you the have to play Sora are... first. Yeah. Yes. The mechanics are way you... different for Riku. Mm. It wouldn't make sense to do Riku first. Like, isn't that named like something like Reverse Birth or something? It's reverse. <laughs> it's Reverse Dash Rebirth. God. Um. So remember what I when I complained about how bad Kingdom Hearts One was in the sense of it being really obtuse. Um, Disney worlds were really long, and 
it's so much of it. You're not just fighting. You are oh, doing like these weird puzzles. Bad wait- platforming. Bad platforming. Taylor more- loves the platforming. <laughs> really, the big thing is just the event flag nonsense. It's really yeah. hard to follow. And I just, I, by the second Disney World, I just had a walkthrough open the whole time I was playing Kingdom Hearts 1, which is a shame. Um, and then it gets good at the very end with the, the and then it gets good at the very end um, even Hollow Bastion has some event flag bullshit. Yeah. But the the whole end of the world section is like two hours or three hours, and it's just fighting. Yeah, that it's game's just, got a good climax. It's got a yeah, it's got a really solid climax, and it's just fighting. Um, there's one room where you just fight waves of Heartless as a door very slowly, a door locks slowly, patches open, isn't and it's it exactly, super dramatic. Isn't it exactly like a hundred Heartless you have to kill or something? That's badass. Yeah, it's pretty um, cool. It's I a pretty cool sequence. It. Yeah, that made me happy. Um, like, the fighting isn't special or anything. It's just, it feels it feels all right. Um, it's it's fun to play a dumb beat-em-up. And it, pace, and it paces out a good story that I like. It's a small story. And, and it feels longer than it is because it has all the Disney, the little Disney episodes that don't really amount to all that much besides just kind of adding to the theming in small ways. Right. Um, but I, I like it. I like, I think the story is nice. Um, so this game fixes all that, um, because it's just fighting in cutscenes. That's it. That's the whole game. It's just fighting in cutscenes. The, the levels are randomly generated, but not really. You, you decide what each room, you pick a card that defines what room is behind a door in every dungeon. Yeah. So you just kind of build the dungeon yourself, but the rooms are just, there's, the cards are just the enemies, there are a lot of enemies in this room, there aren't a lot of enemies in this room, the enemies are sleeping, so you can walk by them, there's a treasure chest, or there's a save point, like, it's not detailed, there's very, there's no level design, it's just pacing your experience, and there's not really any resource stuff either, it's just pacing you through a series of fights, yeah. and with a couple cutscenes, and then the world ends. Um, the Disney worlds and the Sora route are maybe like 45 minutes a pop. Like they are breezy in comparison to the first one. Because it's like three cutscenes per world. Instead of having event flags, you get a key at the start to open the special room that contains the next cutscene. And then it gives you the next key to the next room. And then you get a third key and that's the one with the boss and the climax. <laughs> so there's no event flag. It's completely explicit. This is what you do. It's very clear. Um, and this would probably still be kind of bad in the first one because the fighting wasn't all that great. But I really, really like the fighting in Chain of Memories. Um, well, it operates got, on this unique card-based system. Yeah, you build a deck of all your attacks. Like, every attack in the game, there's jump with B and then A is use a card. And all, like, your regular attacks are all cards... Um, your magic is a card. Um, you can get special cards from bosses that give you certain buffs, basically. Um, and then items are cards. Everything's a card. You you cycle through the cards in your deck with the L and R buttons. Um, and then every card has a number value. And when you use a card, it's for its whole runtime. If an enemy uses a card, all the enemy's attacks are also cards. Um, if the enemy uses a card with a higher number value than your card, it breaks your attack. And then you it doesn't go through, 
if you're using an item, the item doesn't go through. If you're using a cure spell, the cure doesn't go through. Um, and then you are blocked. And of course, you can also break enemy attacks by using higher number value cards. Yeah. So that you're you're managing your deck, your card decks. Um, you can build decks. You build decks in the menu, and higher number cards cost more. You can you have a certain number of points that you can spend on your deck, and then higher number value cards cards cost more which is why you have lower value cards at all and your level Uh, up bonuses include the ability to expand how like big your card pool can be yeah leveling up doesn't affect anything except um your hp and how many cards you can have like that's and then also learning slights um so that's the so when you run out of cards you just take a second to shuffle your deck to reload your deck like, you have to stand still for a moment and recharge it, and then it pulls your cards back. So, Slights lets you use three cards at once, and it adds up all their numbers together. So, basically, it gives you a really powerful move in the sense that it, it uses all three moves in a row, and then all the numbers are added together, so it'll break almost any enemy attack. Um, but, when you use a Slight, the first card in the Slight is lost from the deck and you can't use it anymore for the rest of the battle. So if you just spam slice, you run out of cards, and then you're just kind of fucked. Yep. Um, like, it's a really like it's a it's an interesting system because yep. it's actually you're you're directly controlling your character the whole time as well while juggling mm-hmm. the card stuff. Oh my god, it's so convoluted. Yeah, you're mo- you're running around and having to do- you dodging you have a dodge roll by double tapping the D-pad, so like you you can physically dodge attacks too, um, and you're managing that while frantically using the L and R buttons <laughs> to manage which card you're using, which slight you're using, and then you build the decks to be like, all right, I know I'm going to want to use this 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 in a row. I'm going to want to use this. I want to build these slights here, but I, and then I wanted when I reload the deck, I wanted to have made this slight. Um, the slights are move you learn. Uh, moves you learn on level up where like if you have if you use three attack cards of different types that add up to not add up to 27 so all nines then you use a special move and then the special moves have different effects but again by using a slight it'll you lose a card permanently yeah unless you use like very expensive elixir items that take a ton of your you have their items that let you respawn lost cards but they cost a whole lot and then once they're used they're gone forever anyway so and they can be broken they usually have very low point values yep oh my god and the most powerful card slights in the game are the have like this can have value from one to six so you have to use very small cards to build them which make them very easy to break so you have to be very tactful about how you use them um it's the kind of store it's the kind of battle system that you can build a 15 hour game around that is just fighting yeah, like, I, I genuinely think, like, this is an interesting and fun concept and one I would definitely play if, like, if I had immediate access to it, I would give it a try because I think it's interesting. Yeah, and the best part is that it's really fucking hard, so you actually have to engage with it. It's not, like, the a lot of bullshit contemporary RPGs where they have these really convoluted systems, but then you just spam X and you'll be fine. Um, this This just puts brick wall bosses in front of you and the only way past them is you have to know how to play this game and then you get further and then there's another brick like I had like three or four 
separate epiphany moments where I suddenly got like ten times better at playing the game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, I figure I, I can use slides. Oh, okay, I can build my deck around what slides I want. Oh, okay, I have to wait for this and this, this. Um, so, <laughs> like, I kept hitting these brick walls and it kept demanding more of me. And then I had to just hugely up my game to match it. And then it would get harder again. Right up until the end. Like, the hardest boss was the first form of the final boss. Like, it, I, I got there, and I was like, I have... The first, like, five times I fought him, I got, like, a tenth of his health off, maybe. Dang. Like, because he just keeps using these cards, and you don't know how to even... And breaking all your attacks, and you have no idea how to just get through it. Mm-hmm. I, I think there might be a 1v1 mode, too, where you can actually play with another player over a link cable, which makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Like, it... It supports that. It's good enough to support, like, actual human play. Yeah, like, like the, the the way the card and the deck building stuff kind of work together in conjunction with the action format. Like, it's it sounds way stupid and convoluted, but I also think that it's just super interesting. And just, like, mm-hmm. it leads to a lot of, like, I really need to... Ha- I need to be three or four moves ahead uh, kind of uh, gameplay that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, is this sort of a... This seems like a secret Michael Bro game. <laughs> I was like, oh, jeez. Um, yeah, and it, and it works because it's fucking hard. So you actually... It's not convoluted, or it's convoluted, but you have to learn it. So it's... Oh, it, that's That feels like a way of justify. That's the way you justify having complex systems for me, is by making me understand them to progress. Right, right, right. Um, oh man, every one of those brick wall bosses, I was just like, I, I don't know, I have no fucking idea, this is impossible. Um, but there was never a boss where I, w- I took more than seven or eight tries on. Um, like, it, it felt impossible for a minute, and then I would kind of find, I would find the hole that I could wheedle into and start in, in their strategy where I could start getting into them. They play, the bosses played super differently, like they all kind of are characterized by the way they fight. Yeah. And then the story is good. Like it's it's short cutscenes that are paced out by all the fighting. Um it's just a nice small little story. Um it has more than one lady character. <laughs> so it beats the first game in that sense. Yeah. Um and it's mostly Disney con- it's mostly original content. There's very little Disney Mm. Um, so, which is good because the original content's the best. Get like all of the Nomura and its unabashed glory. Yep. Hey, black trench coats. Y'all like black trench coats? They got a lot of them. It's they look so, so goofy in those things. It's great. Like it's just, it's just good. And I'm playing the Riku route, and the story's just good. The best part, the Riku route. Um, the the levels are even breezier. Like there's no cutscenes for the Disney levels. You just fight the boss and move on. So they're they're very fast. Um, the, the big twist with Riku's route is that you only fight with pre-built decks that change yeah. for each floor, um, which I kind of like because I've got a dumb idiot lizard brain. So now I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh good, now I don't have to worry about deck building strategy. I can just fight the bosses and know that I have the right cards to deal with them. And even if they're going to be really, really impossibly hard. Like there, there's there's no voice in the back of my head like there is for the Sora route of going, mm-hmm. maybe my cards are just fucked up. Maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe I need to <laughs> rethink everything. 
with with Rico, it's like, nope, it's it is just this hard, and you have to figure it out. So the two flavors complement each other nicely, I think. Yeah. Um, I love it. I just think it's great. It, it sounds like a rad game, and it's definitely one I would like if I ever have the urge to play Kingdom Hearts. Which, I mean, it's probably the hype, but I would, you know, just surrounding Kingdom Hearts three at the moment. But you know, it's just like Kingdom Hearts is something I would play now because I think it's stupid, and I have a brain <laughs> that appreciates stupid. Like, mm-hmm. I want to do a Let's Play of just Kingdom Hearts 3 with Rhett. Yeah. <laughs> and us just not... We're just completely confused by everything. <laughs> but it's still enjoying how fucking crazy and how far it goes. Because I showed yeah, you that I showed you that cutscene yesterday of, of, of the Toy Story part uh, from 3. And it was just like, this is so great. <laughs> Like there is a there is a, a a big dumbness that I can appreciate going on with that series. Yeah, I get, I totally get that. So, the, with Chain of Memories, the thing is, it's very hard, and the fighting is the whole game. If you don't like the fighting, like there there's nothing for you here. Mm. I'm surprised uh, this game is so hard because everything I've heard about three is people complaining about how it's insanely easy. Yeah, yeah, I heard that, and that, I mean that's right here about two. Which makes sense because one is yeah. miserable, two, so I mean, and then two both is Both of those games also system. have proud mode, which is meant to be played by people who are more experienced with action RPGs, too. But apparently in three, proud mode is like also super easy. I guess uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix added a new difficulty level. Yeah, uh, critical. Yeah, critical. Well, that doesn't matter to me because I'll be playing the original. <laughs> John is here for the lore. <laughs> no, see, you have to play the updated versions for the updated lore. I'm sure they changed shit. I, oh, right, they probably changed shit in one, and you didn't see it. I didn't. They, I think they made the Riku fight harder in the first game, which mm-hmm. is pretty funny. Huh. It's already really hard. He's really hard in Chain of Memories. Oh my god. I have a feeling, though. I saw that like they changed stuff in the first game's remakes in order to better canonize it to the other games yeah, yeah they added um, a character from two as an optional boss i don't i know very little about two because <laughs> i i know it's easy i know roxas is there and he's sora's shadow a true self i don't know okay. uh, i think the final boss is zenmas which i can which i can read and read i can read words and i know that that's ansem's shadow self or something yeah. but they they introduced they when they introduce Zen Moss, like very, when they allude to Zen Moss for the very first time in Chain of Memories, they say he's Ansem, but not. So that's not a spoiler. Okay. He's so uh, Ansem. <laughs> I like I like Ansem a lot. I think he's great. Um, so I fucking I fucking love this game. I think it's the bee's knees. If you if you can deal with it being just fighting and nothing else of interest, like. I understand why that might not be. Yeah, I, like I'm gonna be contrarian, and I will probably play the 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 remastered version. Though. Yeah, we play HD remake. I saw some clips, and it looks fine. It looks it doesn't look like a a bastardization. No, it's totally fine. Yeah, I wonder. If, so John is doing this deep dive through all the Kingdom Hearts games now. Apparently, apparently, I, I just, just wonder I just if it's gonna play them when I play them. I, I just yeah, wants to know. But like, you're not skipping ahead to three. No. Because of the hype. You're playing them in order mm-hmm. as best yes. you can. I just wonder if it's going to go bad at some point. I don't know. I 
I, I feel like I'm probably gonna like this one and 358 the most. That's my that is my gut feeling right now. Yeah. I feel like the subtitled portable games are probably secretly the best ones. Um, I'm interested in two, but the but honestly, yeah, 358 and Birth by Sleep. Just from what I hear, those are kind of the ones I'm most interested in. Is Birth by Sleep the PSP one? Yes. Okay. It is digital only, so I cannot play it on my Vita. Or, <laughs> what? or physical only. Oh. What? Yeah, so same with Crisis Core. Dicks. You... Jesus. Yeah. So I, I guess I'll emulate it or something. Or <laughs> just or can't buy that. Remake. Hey, PSP oh, emulation's pretty good, because that's yeah. what I played. That's how I played uh, the Crossbow games, so... Nice. Wait, really? Yeah, I played them via PSP emulator. There's not a PS a PC version. I there there are PC versions of those games, but I those are not the versions that I played or was given access to. Mm-hmm. Just... Earth by Sleep is on PS4. They're all on PS4. Yeah, like the the collections have most no, of the stuff. They're now. not all on PS4 because the DS game is just a video. <laughs> yeah, they just took the cutscene. They 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 have approximations of every. Kingdom Hearts on the PS4, yeah. basically. And you can get that collection for like thirty bucks or something. So that's probably think, that's probably a good deal. Yeah, I think Except, you can get course. the digital one. I think the physical one is like out of print now and is going to be super rare because Kingdom Hearts Three is making yeah. people buy it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited. I'm excited for two, even though it's an obstacle between me and uh, the, the game where you play as organ- Organization Thirteen is so great. I love them. I'm really excited for the <laughs> game where you can uh, play. As them. There's some parts that I know about the story that I'm super excited for you to get to. I'm excited too. That I literally have no idea which game they will occur in. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, oh, when's this going to turn? <laughs> when does the other shoe finally drop? We'll see. And they're, and they're very big shoes. One and two have really good stories. I, I trust the, I trust they, I, right now I'm trusting them. So I'm in, I'm invested. You gotta let your heart guide you. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I love that when they jump in. The, the sword is about we'll to start down. Some. Oh my! I can't do. I can't do Donald. Oh it's, Mickey Mouse is in. <laughs> okay. Room. Honestly, like he he has this sort of larger than life, like saintly quality to him in Kingdom Hearts. That's kind of wild. They they were only allowed to use him in one scene in the first game. And uh, really? Yeah. Like like they. They nail it too. Disney oh was very like you only get one scene. It can only That's be amazing. X it can only be X seconds long <laughs> and it can't include X X X X X and X. Well that's and every it, character has X in their name. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I saw people saying in Kingdom Hearts 3 like they're shocked how integral Mickey is to the plot now. Yeah, like cause they they had a real tight leash on that at the start. Well, apparently they let go of that leash, but they have the new voice actor now, so maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's so good in... Yeah, Mickey... I really like Mickey's show, appearances in One and Chain of Memories. He's, he's like the anti-ansom. He's like the emblem of light, which is very funny. <laughs> like this JRPG figure, but it's Mickey Mouse. See, like... When, when those words come out of your mouth, that's when I go, that's when I go, I'm on board. 
Because it's dumb. Because it's dumb. I'm not I, here because I'm trying to get my heart touched or anything. I got the yeah. Trail series for that. But there is a part of me that is just like, man, Kingdom Hearts is just my kind of stupid, I bet. <laughs> I just thought of the hardest voice acting challenge ever. What? Donald Duck saying Zehenort. Oh, God. I'll have to find <laughs> clips of that and see if it's happening. Like, I'm, Yeah. I just, I can't imagine what that would sound like. I swear. I, I watched the trailer for 3, the one with the with the Skrillex track. And, I, and they have, like, a couple moments from 1. And I just instantly feel something watching those moments. And then they show all these big clips that I know are big moments from the other games. And I'm like, holy shit, this would be so exciting to people who are caught up. Yeah, I think the... <laughs> Three opens with like this four minute video that's just clips from the older games. Yeah. yeah. If there is something that I've really enjoyed about Kingdom Hearts 3 coming out, and it's no joke, like I'm a sucker for good vibes. And just seeing people like be excited about that game and how excited they've been to, you know, finally to be able to count to 13 three. 13 years. You know, like. It's just real. It's just been really cool to see that, and I like. We need more of that. Just good vibiness online yeah, of people just true. being able to enjoy their thing and and fuck the people who are shitting <laughs> on them for it, trying to fuck fucking ruin their good time with their dumb <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is too hard to understand videos. So like, confusing. It's like Jesus, man. Come on, let people have their thing. I'm excited for them. I like seeing the Jim Sterling post like Kingdom Hearts is gibberish nonsense oh video God. and then instantly like everyone being like fuck off. Yeah, literally <laughs> like it's just everybody was just like shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what's cringy is are are those are the Yeah, I love that those are the takes that like, are the cringy really takes because it's so fucking tired at this point. Yeah. Let people have their thing. Yeah. A lot more people engage with the Kingdom Hearts tweets than engaged with the Fate tweets. A lot more people have a relationship there somehow. Yeah. <laughs> so is that, uh, that chain of memories, John Thayer? Yep. All right. It's, it's fucking great. Paul, right. to what you were saying about positivity, like, mm -hmm. on the podcast, I've been trying to, like, talk about the things I liked rather than, rather oh, than, I, I played yeah. this thing and I hated it. Yeah. I'm like... Unless it's exceptionally notable. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to say I'm never going to, like, come on here and dunk on something, but I've been, like, if I have a choice, like, I'll pick the things I liked over something that didn't hit for me. Yeah, like, there is a game that I've played that I obviously I did not like very much, and I have not mentioned it at all in the glut of games that I have finished this year, so... Yeah, like just kind of like bring 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 some positivity to the world. Yeah, I can't remember what that was. I probably would know too. Mm. <laughs> so I guess we're Curses. gonna go ahead and start winding things down. Mm -hmm. uh, again, thanks everybody for coming out. Thank you for the bits uh, to the people who donated bits. I believe it was Taylor. Uh, very much appreciated. Remember, we've got that little URL down there: socksmakepeoplesexy.net/slash/afterward. We have a game coming out on February. It's gonna 15th. be really good. We're very happy with it. Uh, Taylor helped us with the music. Carmichael McCallus did the character designs and artwork. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, really in that good. Taylor did the music. That's <laughs> really good. Yeah, the, the music's super good. It's definitely a mm -hmm. different breed. Like if you th if you listen to the Her Lullaby soundtrack and then you listen to this soundtrack, it's just like nope, totally different world. We got totally different vibe going. You're gonna enjoy mm -hmm. it. We promise. Yeah, people are really hard on us for. Um, 
the extra ending we pulled it onto her lullaby a year after it came out. <laughs> um, or Lori comes out and pulls him back into the basement. But it was just really necessary to set up the sequel, I think. Her lullaby, final remix, 1.18. Oh, H- right. HD definitive remastered. HD definitive, all that good shit. Hyper plus ultra. <laughs> Turbo. <laughs> featuring, featuring Knuckles. No, featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. With new Birth by sleep. <laughs> Y'all are wonderful. Uh, John Thire, where can we find you? Uh, Faraway.times.itch.io. Uh, Inconsequentialexistence.com, which will maybe never be updated again. Probably. And you can find me on my dumb website. We'll catch you next time. And remember, we are the podcast that loves you. We are the only ones that love you. Mm-hmm.